Congratulations. You are listening to Bacon Sale. Most people are so ungrateful to be listening to Bacon Sale. But not you. Not anymore. <laughs> is, it, is it time to play a game? I want to play a game. <laughs> yeah. Are most people ungrateful to listen to our show? Was that I, Jigsaw on purpose? That was. Okay. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. No, I, I decided we're doing a Halloween theme thing. I wanted to throw in a Halloween-themed intro. That's all. Yeah, it works. Thank you. I'm a little scared. creepy. Yeah, I was scared. Yeah. 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 Hey, well done. Hey, guys. Hey. There's someone else in that room with us. Uh, what? No. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, we're, we're doing our first remote today. Yay! Yay! <laughs> coming to you live. Well, not live, but uh, coming to you from Dr. Well, Matt's live house. Right it's live to us. That's Dr. Matt. Hey, yeah. Dr. Matt. Can't you do the intro here? You, okay. You, you, yeah. I was going to say, you know him better than we do. Uh, some of you may know me uh, as Kenny D, and because I was on a radio show for a couple of years. What? I know, weird, that's how right? My kids know you. Yeah, that's how they, your kids. Yeah, I am so sorry. Well, Kenny D's coming over. Wait, they listened. Uh, yeah. Oh no. You know what? They're big Kenny D fans. Are you sure? Millennials have they, love. Have Kenny they actually D. heard my movie reviews? <laughs> yeah, probably. Because he hates so. everything. They consume a lot of media that I don't supervise, so I'm okay. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll talk to him later. So tell us about Dr. Matt and how uh, how so, he came to be on the podcast. I was on the radio on Tuesdays and Fridays, and there was always on Wednesday yeah. a very special guy that was on to... It was Wednesday or yeah, was it Thursday? I, I think, no, I think it was on Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, in, it fluctuated over the years. Yeah. I was there for a while. Providing a psychology segment yeah. on the radio. And so sometimes I'd be like, I really, really want to meet this guy. And it wasn't until I co-hosted a few times that I was able to actually meet you. Right. And They let you co-host? You didn't know this? Well, they must have been in trouble. I was excited that I, I had Kenny sign my chest on the first, <laughs> the first time. So is, that that, is that what that tattoo is? is yeah, that, is, then I had it tattooed. I was oh, going to save that for later. I, I did not know about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so we are alumni of a canceled radio station, which is yes, very, very you know, important. A brotherhood, a kinship yes. of sorts. I, exactly. Us yeah. and like two psychics. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a few people that are in jail. Yeah. 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 And then uh, also, Matt has been on several podcasts, which I I've been a part of, which has been, been really, fun. really great. Yeah, we've we worked together and had a good time. Yeah, so tell us a little bit bit, bit about yourself, Doctor Matt. Um, well, other than uh, all my media failures that we just went through, <laughs> which is, is good. Um, so I am um, uh, Matt Woolley. I'm a clinical psychologist, uh, and I'm a clinical professor at the University of Utah in the Department of Psychiatry. Nice. And at this point, everyone's tuned out. I threw <laughs> psychology and psychiatry in there at the same time. So would, would we call you a psychologist or a psychiatrist? No, psychologist. I have a okay. PhD, a non-medical doctoral degree in psychology. So, uh, so, so if someone yells, yeah, I was going to say, if someone yells, is there a doctor in the house during a medical emergency, you just kind of sit there. I, I, no, I raise my hand and then I go operate. Because <laughs> I've always wanted to. Oh, there you yeah. go. Okay. No, I would not. I would not. Uh, I just put my earbuds back in at that okay. point. There you go. <laughs> As would I. <laughs> yeah. No first responders here. I am CPR certified. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. No, uh, psychologists are a little different. Uh, if my dad's listening, he'll maybe finally figure this out. Don't worry. He won't um, listen to Bacon Sal. <laughs> you know he's a big fan. He's got the shirt. Um, we have shirts. We have shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just says, I'm the listener. Yeah. yeah. Well, my dad. That has one. He's a little creepy. But um, if you go to medical school and you want to be an MD and do all the medical surgery and medicine and stuff, then you can specialize and become a, a heart surgeon and make lots of money or a psychiatrist and be poor. So that's how that uh, works in medicine. Huh. And then uh, if you want to get a degree where you do uh, psychology, which is more the behavior, the thinking, the research, that sort of science. Um, so I do talk therapy. 
if you want to think of it that way, cognitive therapy. Hmm. On a variety um, of subjects, kind of whatever comes your way? Or do My you have specialties a are anxiety disorders and cognitive therapy for things like anxiety and depression. I also do a lot of neuropsych testing. So if any of you guys get a head injury tonight and you're medically stable... But, then was I'll, that a threat? No. Uh, no just, <laughs> guys, he did invite us over and no one knows where we are. Yeah, no, you're in the mean streets of, you know, wherever. I live. Yeah. And, uh, Davis County. Davis County, right? Yeah. <laughs> And anyway, so that's what I do there. I teach, uh, I do teach at the medical school. I'm in the department of psychiatry, which is a little different, but it's because psychiatrists and psychologists work together. Uh. They prescribe the medicine. I do the therapy or the testing of their head injuries, whatever the case may be. And we get along well. I do a private practice. I still am doing some media. I do the Fresh Living show on Channel 2 with Casey and Debbie. I love their supermarkets. Um, yeah, right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> My favorite are the food truck ones. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that's fun. I'm on you know two or three times a month, and that's a, a good time. A specific time? or um, Usually on Thursdays, and I think the show was moved to 3.30 in the afternoon. I've never really watched it because <laughs> I'm at work. Yeah. But we run down, tape it in the morning, and it's a good time. It's fun. I usually just do really short segments uh, there. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I do. Tonight I was at my private practice in Salt Lake and working with people. And yeah, Then we barged into your house. We did. Yeah, now and we're hanging Which begs the question, table. why did we barge into this poor man's house <laughs> when we're doing a month full of Halloween-themed shows? That well, is a very good I'm question. I'm just glad we had the house decorated for Halloween. We have yeah, it's true. I noticed that. We have yeah. the creepy happy birthday sign hanging by a thread. Because my son's birthday. <laughs> the giant fork and spoon. Yeah. Giant fork and spoon. Parakeet. A parakeet. Wait, are these Halloween decorations? What I do you mean? The, I thought the blood splatters were a little much, honestly. <laughs> but, well, you know. That's, those are normal. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I know about you even above all the psychology stuff is that you're a giant geek totally yep so even though you are a doctor of several things at this point <laughs> you like to just geek out about stuff yeah we always have a good time right talking yeah. about movies and uh i'm excited that you guys are here tonight uh so that you know, i don't have to sleep alone no so that, uh, <laughs> what is going on it's cold uh, it's fall <laughs> i know right um to talk about monsters because that's actually halloween is one of my favorite times and I like to talk – so on some of the shows we've done in the past, it was kind of the psychology of, you know, and then pick a movie. And we talked yeah. about the characters. And Halloween is a great time to talk about you know, kind of the psychology of what's going on. So we get to talk about monsters and other stuff while you're here tonight, fears and phobias. I love all that stuff. Thank you for that segue. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> because that's really it. It, it. This is a very weird month where I generally don't watch a lot of horror movies. What? And then, no, it's true. I watch one or two here and there if they come out, but I wait till October 1st. And much like you. I thought your alarm clock was the movie Saw <laughs> to wake you up in the morning. It's hostile. Oh, okay. It's, it's hostile. a good way to start yeah, my mistake. paranoid and afraid every day, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like you get up in the morning, you're like, well, can't be any worse than that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy's getting split in half or something like that. But you, what is it? I mean, it's strange because a lot of these movies are not very good. There no. are some cult classics in there. Right. Very rarely do you find a good, like a, a cinematically good horror movie. But why like would one we, in a hundred probably? Yeah, but yeah. we dedicate so much, well, an entire month to decorating around... Well, just fear and terror. And, and you look at movie movie theaters and they release horror movies, not good horror movies in October... 
they'll still go to the top of the list, regardless of whether they're good or not, just because it's it's Halloween season. Yeah. So why on earth would yeah. we like the threat of being injured or killed? Like, what, what's exciting <laughs> about that? Um, and he means we as a people, not just us at not the table. Just, <laughs> just yeah. us. And, yeah, it's and night. I, he was winking and looking at you, Joel. Um, <laughs> we. <laughs> uh, it's, that's a great question. Uh, Halloween is really popular, I think, for a lot of different reasons. When you're young, it's the fantasy aspect of it. Uh, you can be a superhero or a scary monster. You kind of feel empowered to dress up. You could be a princess. Yeah. You can be anything you want. And so I think there's that aspect. It's highly reinforcing because you get to go to people's houses and bang on the door and get candy mm-hmm. and you know run around and kind of be mischievous without really being you know it's kind of condoned. Sure. You think yeah. about it. It's a lot like a mat, uh, a mouse in a in a maze. Where mm-hmm. they push the button, they get a treat, and it's it the same thing. Highly reinforced, right? Push a button, you get candy. You're like, this yeah. is the best holiday yeah. ever. I remember as a kid, I don't know about you guys, I loved um, kind of planning out what I was going to be and, yeah. and getting the costume and all that stuff. And sometimes when I was like Batman three years in a, in a row, <laughs> that was, I, had, I had some Batman issues. But um, you could psychoanalyze Batman. Yeah, you Whoa, hey, hey, take it yeah. easy. Take it easy. <laughs> but, There's nothing uh, wrong with psycho- that was actually the- Dr. Chase Meridian that psychoanalyzed Batman. No, stop it. That was actually the one of the origins of this podcast, actually. We wanted we had this conversation is if whether Batman is an obsessive mm-hmm. or not. It is. That's but, true. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's another ago. show. That was a while ago. Was yeah, and show. we will yeah. need we, we will need your help on that talk show about superheroes sometime. Uh, just because they're they are modern day archetypes, mm-hmm. and and an archetype is kind of that basic um, character image that reflects aspects of who we are. And I think in a lot of ways, monsters are at least the kind of the original horror monsters of like the Universal Pictures and things. Mm-hmm. Each represents kind of different aspects of uh well archetypal primal needs and drives so but, but what about like a seven-year-old in their elementary school parade <laughs> wearing a hockey mask <laughs> and yeah, a giant that's a machine. what does that mean well i mean a lot of it has to do with with media and marketing okay what just or an easy costume cool or scary or a lazy easy costume yeah. or they have yeah. cousins who have shown them the movie without yeah. their parents knowing. i think a lot of kids wearing the scream mask have never seen scream yeah. well that's a good question though. the 13th and- we talked about this last week being children and being exposed to horror movies mm-hmm do they mess you up? Like, would you, what's your recommendation for horror for children? Because Joel and I both, Jake, not so much because he grew up near Amish town. Uh, (laughs) We grew up watching, we we talked about it and I watched some disturbing stuff over at my grandma's without her knowing that I shouldn't be watching it. Probably nine or 10. He drugged his grandma just so he could watch these things. (laughs) Wow. Let's get into that. Cocktails, you know, whatever. What did she record that she thought it was a cute name? Uh, She thought, she sent me a video with The Land Before Time, The Wizard of Oz. This was back when you recorded things on VHS. Like three to one tape because you're recording on SLP or Exactly. They were were very long. So like Land Before Time and then Candyman. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm I'm downstairs and I'm all, Candyman, huh? And I'm like, uh, this? (laughs) What's he doing with that hook? Yeah. Yeah. You just say what in the mirror? time, like the... The happiest cartoon of all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, happy? I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty sad. I also thought Candyman was also kind of a lazy uh, killer because Beetlejuice, you say his name three times. Yeah. And yeah. he's there. Takes five times to get Candyman. <laughs> right. I'm like, really? Come on. Come on, Candyman. Well, he's, really he's probably coming down off a of sugar high or something. So, so <laughs> you for your kids or us for like our kids, yeah. when do we have them watch what? 
I mean, because do you have them watch the question. Disney scary movies first and then kind of move from there? Or do you just drop them right in the middle of, you know, Night of the Living Dead? <laughs> right. Um, I just, you know, Hellraiser or something. <laughs> Pinhead coming at you. And if you don't brush your teeth, the Cenobites will find you. Exactly. <laughs> I know your stuff. Um, that's a good question. I would say, first of all... There are slash. You got to know your horror genres. Okay? Mm, okay, so you do have to know the difference between like a slasher horror film, you know, like Saw or something like that, and then something that has more uh, suspense type horror to it. I mean, and and then you also have to know your kid. So I love it. You know, people ask these questions um, all the time. Like, at what age can I? You know whatever, let my kid try crack or whatever their question happens to be. <laughs> Hopefully soon. You know, parents, this is the one nowadays is how many hours of screen time? You know, it's yeah, like you go yeah. a minute over and then they mm-hmm. literally have peanut butter brains or something. Their kid, parents are worried about that. And I would say, well, I, I usually give mushy answers. I'll try, I'll try not to be too mushy. But the truth is you kind of got to know your kids. For example, my oldest son, like we've always been, because I am a geek, into mm-hmm. – science fiction and you know scary movies and all the fun stuff like that so my oldest son you know he was he probably remembers lightsabers and things uh before he remembers anything else Mm -hmm. in his early childhood and i remember when clone wars uh, attack of the clones came out so you know the opening scene where the ship kind of unexpectedly explodes spoiler alert um (laughs) don't no one's gonna rewatch it that that scared scared him so badly that he didn't want to go back to the movie theater for any movie for about a year Mm -hmm. wow and so i realized i wasn't really paying attention to the fact that that for him, it was more like the darkness and the sound, and he was used to a lot of imaginative play because that's how you know I would play with him as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I realized I had to dial it back for him. But honestly, my nine-year-old daughter right now, she's, she's, she rolls with stuff. So you kind of have to know what fits your values as a person, like what am I okay with violence-wise. And you can have a lot of fun with scary movies with younger kids like – uh, Watcher in the Woods. Do you remember yeah. that? No, no, it's a great starter. Yeah, that's a, that's a Neric. great, scary <laughs> you know, movie for, for little kids that they're going to have a fun thrill, but there's nothing, there's no blood, there's nothing really objectionable about it. It's just no. the tension of there's a Watcher have, in the Woods. Have you seen the deleted scene, by the way, the alternate ending where they actually show the Watcher? No. No, I, I haven't either. It's uh, it's on the DVD. You can probably find it online, but they actually show the Watcher. Really? And it's this weird-looking puppet. It's like a really, it's it's like a very freaky Muppet. It looks like, and <laughs> I can totally understand why they cut it out because it kind of kills. Yeah. It's creepy looking, but yeah, it yeah. just kills the fact that you never see the Watcher. Yeah, and you never get that, huh? It's out there. That's okay. Is that the Blair Witch as, as well? No, it's 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 a very interesting thing that on the DVD that I was like, whoa, cool. Let me see this alternate ending, and then it was. I'm showing there. a lot of self control by not pausing this and going in. <laughs> yeah, right now. Actually, that brings up a really good question. Mm-hmm. Why are, for me anyways, but I want to say we, why are we more afraid of things that we don't see in movies oh, or see very little of rather absolutely. than like, like an actual scary monster right in front principle. of us? Yeah. Yes. yes. Like they wanted to do a lot more with that mechanical shark than mm-hmm. they felt like they could. And so it's the anticipation, your own imagination, your own, it plays upon your own fear. So if we want to be psychologists for a second about it, the Please truth do. is Michael Myers or, or Voorhees or any of these characters that, you know, might be scary and fun. They may not really be your thing, right? Right. So you've got your thing somewhere deep inside your psyche that's kind of like that's that's what scares the mm out of me. Hmm. And when we can't see it, we all get to kind of subconsciously tap into our own thing. So, so in a way, we're all we're all experiencing that ultimate fear that's very personal when we can't see what it is. So we're we're projecting our own deepest fears on the screen. Well said. 
Huh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it, it actually reminded me of a, a I used we used to go to hypnotists all the time. Entertainment hist- not psychologically hypnotized, but oh, okay. go to those hypnotist shows, you know, where it's <laughs> like you're trying to stop it's some back room of theaters. <laughs> yeah, Joe said a lot of therapy. Well, he needs some more. I used to do it for a long time. And yeah, I remember yeah, there yeah. was one where he would do this thing where he would hypnotize people and I was actually on stage at the time and uh I never really knew if I was hypnotized. All I knew is that I had this kind of weird warm fuzzy I'll I'm up for anything kind of feeling. Yeah. You were hypnotized. <laughs> but they, they did this thing where you walk through a haunted house and he'd walk you through and he said, all he would say is like, and you're going around a corner. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. And he wouldn't say anything other than there it, there is. it is. And then afterwards he would ask you what, what you saw. And Ooh. I remember some of the responses and I don't remember if it was the time I did it or not, but there was this one girl who, who said, I saw a big fat slimy man with no belly button. And I remember being like, what? <laughs> That's awful. That's but when, That's but I remember specific. vividly when I did it. Yeah. They, he said, there it is, there it is. And then afterwards, he asked me what it was. And what I saw was, and this is just kind of my imagination doing its thing, was a clown, but it had a skeleton face. It was just oh. like the eyeball. It was just holes for eyes. And That's yeah. the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it, was, it was creepy. And I remember thinking... Did you know? Was that my subconscious just putting the deepest, darkest fears out there, or just with my imagination being like, "Hey, let's put something together. This will be fun." Well, so. I mean, well, I mean, probably it was it was the former. Like, I think partly it's obviously it is your imagination, and uh, but we all have things that are kind of trip our own fear meter, hmm. whatever it happens to be, and it's not always. I mean, in that case, you're, you're asked to verbalize it and mm-hmm. think about it, but I think when you're watching a movie like. Jaws or Watcher in the Woods, any of these where there's a lot of, you know, build up and anticipation and you're not really quite seeing, you know, you see that something shuffles across the room in the dark or whatever. Um, it's fun. And, and But I think even though you may not be able to know what you're afraid of, just you're tapping into your own personal fears. However, if they just show it to you, mm-hmm. like if it's Pinhead sitting there looking at you, then you're right. like, ah, it's Pinhead. And then you your, your psyche kind of evaluates, am I afraid of this or not? Right. Like and the alien at the end of science. Very, exactly. Yeah. Am I afraid of this? Science kind of blew it, I think, at the end by showing the alien yeah. too much. In my opinion, if they would have dialed back on that, it would have been maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would agree with that. But nobody, you know, I mean, he, M. Night Shyamalan didn't call me. <laughs> that's my opinion so i talked to him you're cool okay all right good. um i also wanted to bring up this because uh I, I studied film in college mm-hmm. and one of the things we talked about when we were talking about genres was that the horror genre is actually a safe zone to process fears mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that uh I, I heard this in the class that people who watch more horror movies are able to process and react to fear, uh, terrifying situations more qui- more quickly than, say, someone who doesn't. Yeah, I think there's two big things. Too. So, I mean, kind of back to the point earlier where, um, you know, we really like horror films. They do really well, even though they're not particularly well made. Uh, often, kind of budget goes into some some kind of special effects, makeup and stuff. Buckets of blood. Yeah, but you don't even have big actors usually. Yeah. So why do they do so well? Why are they so popular? Why are they usually number one DVDs? That kind of stuff. Do people still do DVDs? Yeah, well, I think so. Blu-ray DVD. Yeah, Blu-ray. Make or posters. They do. Yeah, and you know you play catch with them. Um, <laughs> but uh, there, I think there's two major theories. So the first one is what you said, which is it's a it's a very safe outlet. Part of your your Part of your subconscious can say, I know that I'm okay here, that there's nothing actually potentially that can hurt me. So I can actually give in to the fear and kind of go with it and have fun and go on that roller coaster ride. And I'm processing to some degree my own fears. I'm with other people. It's supportive. And I kind of go all the way through to resolution where it's okay in the end, even if the film ends in kind of an unresolved way, which most don't. 
But if they do, you're still leaving the theater into the light with your friends, and it's fun and, and all of that. So I think absolutely people who watch horror films get a chance to process their own fears. And that's why you get people saying who have – so I one of my specialties uh, in therapy is our anxiety disorders. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will ask me, is it weird that I really – like I, I kind of don't want to watch these films, but I do. I kind of have this morbid curiosity. I feel like I'm drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And I do it over and over again. And there may be different reasons why that is. But in this context – uh, it is often their their mind's way of trying to work through fear. They're facing it in a safe context. They're working it through, processing it, so to speak, mm. come to a resolution. They feel confident at the end. I actually kind of lean that way because, as Joel knows, I watch the weirdest, scary movies. Some of the things out there. he says, <laughs> yeah. It's just he'll t- he'll just tell me the plot summary and I'm like yeah. oh good heavens yeah and I'm I'm not a prude. Joel's kind of my mom sometimes <laughs> yeah. he is a prude don't don't room. let him get you wrong <laughs> but uh, yeah Kent, no, Kent delves pretty dark but there is, so I'm, I'm pretty drawn yeah. to it but there are times when say you know the wife and kids are gone for the weekend I'm just I'm batching it up and I go man I'm gonna batching watch it. it up his bachelor you know baking batches of cookies yeah and, yeah and eating batches of cookies because yeah. yeah. man I'm coming to your house yeah <laughs> you should he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> Man, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And I have we're extra back. Pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I, I, there will be nights where I'm like, I really want to watch a scary movie because you know, whatever. And then I sit and I go, I'm home by myself yeah. and it's getting dark. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch this, but I don't oh, think yeah. I can because I feel like I'm inviting something <laughs> here with me. Yeah, so it's a little less supportive. <laughs> yeah, I put the pants back on. Comfort pants. So I could. So real quick. That totally reminds me, like, it's, I've never told anybody this, I don't think. Secrets. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I've even told my wife this. Oh. In graduate school, living in Kansas, so that's creepy. Um, <laughs> Is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a little weird because it's so flat. Yeah. Anyway. I felt like I was going to fall off when I was driving through Kansas. You get, you get a little vertigo. It's yeah. weird. They actually <laughs> did a laser mapping study entitled... Kansas really is flatter than a pancake because it showed that compared to the average pancake, there's less contour to Kansas. <laughs> I've seen that before. Actually, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, do you remember when the movie, um, uh, oh, uh, the Blair Witch Project came yes. out? Yes, yep. 1999. Okay. So yes. I, was in, I, I was in, when did it come out? 1999. Yeah. yeah, I was in graduate school and it came out in 1999 and graduate school, you just don't have time to do anything. And it was one of those things where my wife was like, Kansas blows. I'm taking like we had one kid at the time. Taking the kid, flying to California, and go visit the family. Like, uh, okay. So I was home alone, and and I I was coming home from school late one night. I thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna just have some fun. It's like a Friday night. I'm gonna go rent a a movie. Mm -hmm. You did that then, and uh, people still do. By the way, I mean this is in 2017. Where's the closest place you can rent a movie? Redbox. No, 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 no. Uh, I live in Bountiful. I don't mind. Oh, Top Hat. At Top Hat. Everyone loves Top Hat. Top Hat's around here. In the past, you go to yeah. Top Hat. They always had the most obscure movies. The best, the, my favorite thing is you go in there and the movie you want is rented out. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And you're like, I love that feeling. Because yeah. that was my whole life growing up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Kids will never know that. So I rented the Blair Witch Project. I went back to the apartment. I put it in. You know, I had like you know ice cream and watching Blair Witch. And the lights are out. And it's like 1 a.m. And all of a sudden, I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was so scared that I actually turned it off. And then I, I felt really. Like midway through the movie. Yeah. At some point, I turned it off. And I went and got in bed, and I thought, okay, 
what would your psychologist tell me? <laughs> and I'm like, I had to get back up and then I went and finished the show. Oh, you did? Yeah. You yeah. have to. But it was like 3 a.m. by then. But Because I, I was like, this is, I, it, I actually freaked myself out. Oh. I don't think I've ever told anybody that. No, wow. it's okay because yeah. I actually, if I'm ever by myself and I watch a scary movie, I lock my bedroom door. <laughs> I have to do it. Like, like a little tiny lock to stop, stop an intruder stop. or a ghost. I have, to cl- I have to close windows and close doors because any darkened area, I've got to look over and someone's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, we, my, my, when my brother and I finished Blair Witch, project we watched it at home as well yeah and we got done and i remember we just kind of sat there because the ending is is shocking and, and quiet right yeah and then creepy. we sat there and all of a sudden i think we both just realized that right outside this big bay window behind us is a forest oh nice. and both of us kind of yeah. went <laughs> close the window yeah just close it Jake, the you seen that movie? thing is those false oh, yeah. senses of security like put the blanket over your head yep. close the blinds yeah because that's that always stops mike myers from killing you right it does and i'm <laughs> liking that we have a giant window a giant over here, window right here. <laughs> yeah, but level the, blinds. the blinds help yeah and there is a forest right there i'm glad ken's closest to the window yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kill first. exactly yeah, you don't have to be the fastest you just can't be the slowest yeah, yeah. or the black guy yeah it's a horror movie trope yeah. who are you me i'm not being racist <laughs> it's a horror movie trope it's true it's true i'll give you that tell the listeners the one other thing so the one was the processing the other one yes. is just the thrill it is a lot of us live very sedate mundane lives i mean mm-hmm. they're not bad lives but they're very routine and that's good and going to the movie theater you get this jolt of adrenaline and it's fun and and there's something about the group psychology of it so at a theater oh yeah have you been to a really fun scary movie at a theater with a big group of people that's a fun time yeah. as opposed to at home you can kind of freak yourself out I've often said the best movies to see in theaters are horrors or comedies. Yes, definitely. You're laughing or screaming because you can you, sniffle in silence at a drama at home and it's right. just the same thing. But we wouldn't do that because we're men. Well, no. I right. like dramas because I like to put my nose up and, you know, yeah. be yeah. above everyone else. <laughs> you mean, with everybody. everyone else. Yeah. That's pretty much what Ken does. Is he <laughs> sits above movie. everyone else. <laughs> oh, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> So, anyway, those are kind of the two theories about why it, it makes horror sense. movies are so fun. Yeah. Now, would you say, as a psychologist, that excessive amounts of watching horror could affect your personality and or actions? Yeah, but it, so that's a great question. Media, how's media affect, you know, can we turn anybody into a serial killer through watching horror films? And the answer is no, but maybe. Dang. Uh, no, but maybe. That, yes. I don't know. I've been trying yeah, with Ken. It sounds like just maybe. <laughs> Here, Ken, watch this one. <laughs> and I watch well, it. The answer is no, but here's the thing. Some people are kind of predisposed, and that, that's a whole conversation for another time. But yep. people that might be kind of emotionally or psychologically unstable or potentially so or at maybe an unstable time in their life, and then they watch excessive amounts of mm. uh, violence in a video game or a movie, and that could have a negative effect on them. It's unlikely that that person's still going to act out in the same way. Right. I know that's the popular media theory, but if you actually look at the research, it's not that clear cut. So the answer is no, other than you might just burn somebody out on those horror films. Can you desensitize people to violence? For sure. Yeah. But what we do know is there's a deeper human quality. And if, if somebody were to, it'll bring you back to kind of more humanity. So if somebody were to watch a lot of violent stuff and then they take a long break from it, they kind of tend to come back to homeostasis a little bit. So there is hope yeah. for Kent. So if, a little bit. I don't so know about if, with that. I think it's too late. So I, I, I think, think I'm a normal guy, but I watch though, Human no. Centipede every day. 
day. No, yeah. Is that okay? No. <laughs> like every day. No. So there's an obsessive quality to Kent that we have. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Because here's, here's one weird thing about me. I am desensitized to anything. I can watch any of the Saw movies or whatever, or yeah. as, as gross as you get with gore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Jake tried to show me a actual <laughs> picture of a mangled hand the other day, just a picture, <laughs> okay. and I, I ran away. Awesome. We should no, clarify. You like, like, refused to see this. It, it was, it was, well, we should clarify. It's a coworker who got his hand caught in a, in a table router. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was nasty. He sent a picture, yeah, and yeah. it was terrifying. And everyone's looking at it, and I, I, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kit will not look. Like, well, I, we're trying, we're trying. Like, there was like this, like, like, uh, you know, like the children's version of a picture. <laughs> like, he basically had like a scratch, and Kit was like, ah. <laughs> and then he, he I'm like, you want to see out. the real yeah. one, Kit? Is no, 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 no. He just leaves. Yeah, yeah. you know. But so I can handle like legs deal. getting twisted off, heads getting popped off. I laugh if a head falls off in a movie. Uh, yeah, but usually pretty awesome. Actually, that's a great comment um research is very clear that if we look at at kids um and and adults um they we our brains automatically decipher the difference between fantasy and reality Hmm. so for example uh if if there are any parents out there listening or really uh, along the lines of kids and media a great book to read is called killing monsters by a guy named Gerard Jones, who's not a psychologist, but there's a lot of good research on solid psychology in there. He's an educator and a former comic book artist and writer. Mm-hmm. And it's a fascinating book where he's gone through and looked at the research on different media forms. Um, and that's a good way, place to kind of get this information. But the, the, the research is very clear that a, uh, once, you know, if a kid watches something that's kind of scary, they recognize uh, that this is fantasy, even mm-hmm. though it may still scare them and upset them. It can still cause nightmares, don't get me wrong. But they understand that they're not truly disturbed if you were to watch somebody being um, actually, you know, an actual video of somebody really being hurt or harmed okay. versus a horror film. The first, the, the, the reality is much more damaging to, yeah. to a kid than the other, even though the other still may be scary and cause mm-hmm. nightmares. There's a there's a physiological impact. It's very different. So yeah, different watching the mangled hand versus watching, you know, somebody get destroyed in a movie. Yeah, you 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 know the difference as an adult. And the one hits you in an involuntary way. If he actually had to leave, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of that involuntary response that your brain is like, this is too real. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly well, what he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> well, I'm working with my kids right now too. Where I have young children, and uh, I'm I'm showing them Thriller, Michael Jackson's Thriller. Which is scary for kids. It's a good choice, though. Yeah. We get, I mean, the cat monster saying, go away! And then Michael Jackson turning <laughs> to a zombie and right, attacking right. the girl. It's all so was it the cat monster or werewolf? It, it's a cat monster, actually. Is it? Yeah. I just thought it was the first stage of the werewolf no, change. No, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's called, they call it the cat monster. That's really? a little bit And weird. I know this because... It's not a terrifying name. With my kids. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, it's not. It's Michael just Jackson. Just monster. really selfish it's, and I, wants Jackson. to stay away from people. He's terrifying for other things. But it goes hand in hand. I tell my kids this. Yes, you can watch Thriller, but... Then we watch the making of Thriller immediately after, and then you can see, so they can see how it's all made. And I tell them that's chocolate that's syrup clever. in his mouth, and yeah. they actually are able to handle it a lot better to the point where I don't have to show them the making of, but I right. still do. And it's kind of fun fantasy, and that, and you can do all that, and then you still have to kind of know your kids. And some kids are just very, very sensitive to those sorts of things. And yeah, you know that that's just not for them. But most kids, truly can see that and that's actually an excellent way to do it good job dad thank you um and uh they have fun with it they really like oh, i'm the best dad you know, <laughs> i don't think i said that but, <laughs> yeah um, you know so yeah that's cool yeah that's a good way to do it 
So um, we did, I was going to say, we, we brought along a list of uh, some movie monsters. Yeah. That, uh, and we sent them to you and uh, movie monsters, serial, kill- serial killers in film. And as a psychologist, yeah, yeah. we've asked you to kind of psychoanalyze yeah, these different types of people. Pull up my list. It, Am I going to be? Is no one, we'll read them off with? to you. Yeah, we're, I don't think we're going to get to them all, but yeah, no. There's too many. Maybe, maybe, Matt, if there's one in particular that jumps out. or Yeah. Well, let me make a comment. So I did I did actually read this. I, I mean, it's not that I didn't read it. I read it. And I <laughs> when I text Matt, he reads them. Just making sure I had seen all these, and I, I have definitely. Some – they're interesting because you kind of have a mix of real monsters, and yes. then you also have psychopaths. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's – we could talk about that. But, but one th- – go ahead. Even on the base level, you could diagnose them. For example, like Samara – even though, yes, she was drowned in a well and all that. But she was crazy beforehand, if you watch those interview tapes. Yes. That's, when, that's when she says the but whole But, yeah, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. You were- no, but um, I wanted to just – one thought I had was there is a difference between – you guys have kind of given more of the modern – List? Can we say that? Really? I think it's more modern. Like, if not we, hipster enough. Um, no, it's he's saying there's no Frankenstein. There's yeah, no mummy. So there's no, I think I went man. to Dracula, didn't I? There is Dracula. There is Dracula. We have Dracula, yeah. and then to help clarify, in prints in in brackets, we have from the movie Dracula. So that was, <laughs> I appreciate that. That was helpful because I was like Dracula. Oh, from the movie Dracula, Dracula from Vampire right. in Brooklyn. Yes. No, it's, it's actually it was it was a mistype. I actually meant to put Dracula from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh yes, so. yes, I terrifying movie. Yeah. It does sounds scary um but i i was gonna say that um kind of like we were touching on with the superheroes mm-hmm. the original movie monsters if you want to think of them that way so what do we have we have dracula, dracula obviously wolfman wolfman frankenstein, frankenstein the, the invisible man invisible man invisible creature man. in the black lagoon oh definitely the mummy yeah so, start with those that, that's a pretty good primer well, right the, there the difference between kind of that group and maybe we can talk about them for a second and like some of the more modern you know mike myers and those those characters um is they're they're more archetypal. They're more kind of these primal characters. So if you think about the Wolfman, and and there is a difference, right, between a werewolf, yes, and the Wolfman, much right? like the difference between Dracula and vampires. Vampires, absolutely. Not all vampires are Draculas, Mom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of anger. Yeah, I hope she finally gets that. Um, but the the cool thing is they kind of represent. So an archetype represents some other structure in your psyche and so um that's what i really love though so i was telling you guys earlier before we started i've been this time of year i always kind of like to go back and watch the classics when i'm doing other things i'll put it on the tv uh for example the the wolfman's one of my favorites because it's really this projection of that inner beast that kind of primal hedonistic because what does the Wolfman do at a certain time of year? He can't, he can't control it anymore. He strangles people. He str- Wait, he's got, heads he's off got he's claws strangled. and teeth. Exactly. He strangles people. I mean, that's that Freudian right funny. there. I mean, that that's that primal id part of, of our psyche where mm. sometimes we just want to go animalistic. And and then the, the next day we kind of bring it back together and we feel bad. If you Have you watched the original oh, yeah. Wolfman? I own that and one. It's, it's a bit of a slow movie. Yeah. And it's trying to show the, di- um, the, the conflict or the dichotomy between these two parts of this guy. And that's really what it is, manifestation of can we control that inner beast. Yeah, much like know? the Incredible Hulk and the Avengers, right, Kent? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's not go there. We don't need to talk about the Marvel right now. Although I would say kind of like you were talking about archetypes. Like I, I, but if we're going to talk about superheroes real quick, I think DC is more archetypal because they are more classic, very yes. static, and whereas Marvel are more like maybe modern movie monsters, where they're a little bit maybe slightly yes. more complex. Yeah, they're a little more human. 
Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you, you definitely have more of an archetypal hero in the classic superheroes, which are more DC. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree with that. I still like the Hulk, though. He's yeah, and I like the Hulk, too. <laughs> I don't know why you've got to be hating. No, I don't. I, I don't hate. <laughs> we need to psychoanalyze why Kent hates Marvel movies. <laughs> that's another point. show. That, that's yeah, that's another show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Another couch. But then if you if you kind of contrast those, those characters, they, they are... Now we're playing on more modern fears a little bit. So zombies, mm-hmm. for example, zombies um, are kind of that uh, Cold War kind of time where the, you know what's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's going to take over our minds, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be you know infiltrated by this mob that we can't stop. It's mm-hmm. this wave coming at us of change that's going to change us into something we don't want to be. Kent no, you're, look, Kent, you're looking confused. Kent, no, Kent no, I really Kent like that. said last week, we, we talked about zombies on our, our show last week, and Kent Joel. said he wanted to become a zombie, and he said, quote, I'll kill you. I'll, if I get bitten, I'll <laughs> kill you easy. first, and then I'll turn into a zombie. <laughs> no, I said, let me become a zombie, because I, I want to see what it's like. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, but we, we had the zombie show last week, and oh, okay. that actually brings up a new point where it, maybe it is more kind of, kind of a government thing or an opposing force coming in and kind of changing your mind about something, whether you like Definitely. it or not. Well, if you think about the original zombie films, um, they're these slow-moving uh, creatures, so that's not that scary. And it's just this insidious takeover, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that Cold War fear. And I think there's really two Cold War monsters that, that really infiltrated the United States. The first one was UFOs. Yeah, the idea of okay. UFO and that kind of post World War II communism yeah. fear. The other one and was the blob. Uh, blob. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should. I didn't get a bone up on my blob. Wait. Anyway, <clears throat> so then there's the, there's, the, there's the zombie. It's after Ted, guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. The I'm getting excited. Anyway, maybe we beat that horse. But I, I like analyzing the fact that these are playing on real fears. That we have, and then you get into the more some of the modern characters. What are some of your favorites from these lists? From this list? Well, like, I mean, if we're gonna go, well, let's start with Norman Bates. Because, Norman Bates, yeah, that's a good one. And Norman Bates is great because uh, they do psychoanalyze him at the end of that movie, definitely. But is it is it an accurate representation of what a psychologist would say about someone like Norman Bates, or were they kind of romanticizing it for um, the film? I mean, you know, so save your letters. Um, I, do people write letters? <laughs> we get a lot save of mail. Emails. I know. A lot right? of it's, mail. It's just yeah, Facebook they, comments. It's mostly haikus from Jake. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> They're so the good. In, the intern's going through that, huh? <laughs> um, but, uh, like, like, I think it was fairly reasonable given the character they were trying to portray, if okay. I remember correctly. But the truth is Norman Bates is, is kind of... The fear of the guy next door being seeming normal, mm-hmm. and then and then and then it turns out to be a psychopath. So he that's what that's what they were playing. Do they on, characterize right? him in the movie as a schizophrenic? Because isn't that a false diagnosis? I don't, I don't know if they say that word. So schizophrenic is a di- schizophrenia is a diagnosis that's often misunderstood, primarily because of psychiatry's naming it a bad name. Like schizophrenia means split mind. Okay. And so people always take that as split personality. Okay. And that's not accurate. A schizophrenia is a is a is a brain disease uh, disorder that causes hallucinations and delusions, typically paranoia. And so a true schizophrenic is kind of withdrawn and stays away from you and they might hurt you if they're kind of paranoid thinking you're after them, but that they're really fairly safe. I think what they're going after in in uh, Psycho is is somebody who has a split personality, which is now called dissociative identity disorder. It's kind of these two personality fragments mm-hmm. existing in one person coming from childhood trauma. 
And so a person can flip into one personality as more of an escape, but it's not a full personality. So he had this traumatic childhood. Kent and Kenny D. Exactly. (laughs) You never know which one you're talking to. The voice. I want to swear at you right now, Joel. (laughs) Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's what they're portraying there is his trauma of of the backstory of what happened with him. And he kind of over-identifies with his mother and creates this kind of personality of, of consuming mom and he kind of becomes her but yeah. with dissociative identities something or other yeah. yes is that something where like mother could actually control him or does he realize what he's doing with the personality of mother whoa in, in, yeah deep. it would be more that, the i go. mean according to the movie because it's real right guys yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that would be more the latter okay yeah. okay um we wouldn't assume he has like normal conscious control well he was based on a real character yeah he, like a real based person on a real, that's like, on ed, yeah. ed gain who was yeah. the yeah, serial killer in the it's 50s real. but it was that exact thing where it's a small sleepy town guy next door right. has a barn full of body parts yep and that's kind of that fear i actually living in when i was living in kansas this is why kansas is kind of creepy <laughs> when i was living there there was a report that Sure enough, they found some remote farm where there were a bunch of dead bodies buried on the farm. I can't remember why they were excavating and they found these dead bodies and they had to go and do this big investigation. They were under the world's largest ball of twine, weren't they? Yeah, right north of the I knew that ball of twine was haunted. True story, I've been there. (laughs) Why? I've been to one in Kansas. Yeah, Yeah. it's a real thing. I never went. Anyway, yeah, so he was more of a – and not everybody – okay, and again, save your emails – not everybody who has multiple – it used to be called multiple personality disorder. Now it's mm-hmm. dissociative identity disorder, which sounds ridiculously semantic. But the difference is important. It's a dissociation of one's personality. It's not multiple personalities. It's not like there are four different people in there. It's just that you kind of got the tough version and the weak version. And so that, that's an inaccurate representation in uh, – oh, what's that movie? The Seven Faces of Eve or something like that where they have – There are like, a lot of problems with that yeah, movie. Or like yeah. that one, The United States of Terra. They have that movie on – right or that TV show on right now where they yeah. actually have – have all those different personalities. Yeah, I think that one may be a little more accurate, but I, I haven't watched it. Hmm. Um, I think that the, the idea is that the personalities may seem – think of it this way. If you're looking into a mirror and you drop the mirror and it, it shatters into – I did watch Oculus type. just last night. Okay, so, yeah. so you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Then you would look at that and you could kind of see yourself in all the broken pieces so that it would be you, but it wouldn't be a complete you. And so there are aspects of you in there. So usually born out of trauma, somebody who's maybe ritualistically abused as a child has to dissociate, go away in their mind, escape what's happening to them physically. And then they kind of usually create kind of this alter ego, if you want to think of it that way, that might be the tough version of themselves. And that's the most common split personality is where you have the normal you and then the tough you. And the normal you is kind of seen as the weakling who gets abused. And the tough you is kind of like that bully buddy that comes to stick up for you. And so somebody who's had that experience, they might be a normal person. You push their buttons and then they kind of go Hulk on you. Okay. And, and, and then later they're like, I don't know why I did that. I don't really remember doing that. That would be a more common example. And that's okay. a really similar or a really common uh, like type that's shown like in movies and things, right? Because right. it seems yeah. like I've seen that a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that's more accurate for reality. In the psycho case, you have kind of that combination of maybe a multiple personality situation mm-hmm. and a psychopath. Somebody who is an antisocial, who sees other people in a predatorial way, and they want to consume, control, own them. Is that like Hannibal Lecter at that point? Yeah. Hannibal Lecter would be – the um, clinical term is antisocial personality disorder, meaning they – they, they don't create social relationships with other people. Other people are kind of objects in their environment to 
to to meet their needs. And so if you're meeting their need, they might be quite friendly and nice to you. Right. If you're not meeting their need, then you are not important. So kind of like your dinner. Does so meeting that? Like yeah, candy. meeting their yeah. needs mean dinner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because so, I mean, I mean, with Clarice, he treated Clarice like a colleague, and right because she was meeting his needs exactly. And then everyone else that got in his way, he would dispatch of Hannibal Lecter. Is yeah, who we're talking about? Yeah, yes, sounds like <laughs> not me. Yes, <laughs> that so, was I mean, earlier. So on this list, we have a few of those. We have. Uh, we have Max Cash from Cape Fear. Ma- Max Katie, that was a typo. Max Sorry, Katie, Max Katie. I thought Max Cash didn't sound right. Yeah, my my phone changed to Cash, and I found that out after. That's so. okay. And then later there was some Max Katie. Okay, that's what it was. Right? Yeah, that was the. I correction. was just thinking Candy at that point. I was hungry. Candy um, Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's three times we've said Hannibal his name. Guys. Lecter, oh no. um, is a good one. Leatherface is another good one. Where you yeah. kind of this combination of something psychologically. Is, wrong with the person what is it and he so, ain't know, right in the could, head right. but can we talk about that though because yeah. i think leatherface is more a product of not of his his handicap but of his family well yes. it, it, yeah. couldn't that be the same be said of norman bates though he, mm, but it, his mother he, we never really knew the origin of norman bates until sequels and everything bates right. yeah until you yeah. watch the show yeah. but like leatherface you can clearly see that his family has always been demented and right. raised him as such like how so would you, you think diagnose it's nurture that more than nature in yes. that case there's probably over time, there's both, but like, yeah, yeah, it's more of a, a trauma history, if you want to think of it that way, being hmm. being raised in a in a traumatic way. And, and basically, he was used for one thing. They would send him out to kill people, right. to, yeah. to hunt. Right. And um, there's no, only one. I think there's only one personality there. Right. Right. It was well, just called to action whenever just, they needed it's, him. It's fascinating yeah, but, to me. Yeah. Obviously, this is an extreme, but it's fascinating to me that children can be brought up in an environment where they accept things as normal that are mm-hmm. so far beyond normal and so wrong. Like parents who raise their kids to like twilight, you know, it's just, <laughs> right. that's sick. Um, <laughs> but no, like, and that's the thing with Leatherface is soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to him, it just, this is just normal activity and this is right. socially acceptable because of the environment he was raised in. Yeah. When really it's horrifying and that, that that's so scary to me. One of my favorite book series, and this is delve into my nerdiness. Is, is Twilight? Is stop not, it. Not, He's a guest. It's not Twilight. Okay, it's Twilight. No, it's not Twilight. It's called the uh, the the Last Kingdom series by Bernard Cornwell. And they're actually Saturday. The BBC America is premiering the first episode of. They're turning it into a series. I think oh, you just out geeked us. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so the ninth book, I just pre-ordered the British version today, or I bought the British version today. Nice. From, and it'll be coming because you have to wait till January. How screwed up is that to get That's the American up. version? Right. We don't do that. Like anyway, BBC. it's about this guy who's a Saxon. He's raised by by the the Vikings, and then he comes back to the Saxons, and he kind of makes this observation about the Vikings, which is fits this. Trust me, I'm getting there. And that is that. Uh, <laughs> Like raise your killers young before they develop a conscience. And Good advice that, for parents that, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> but that's the point is that those early life experiences that we have become integrated into what we see as normal or and or part of our psyche and our personality. It's, right. it's part of how we see the world. So whether it's a Norman Bates situation or a Leatherface or back in the day with Vikings and stuff, if you were going to be a killer, you train them young. Yeah. But then so you get the guys and, killers, you know, think, you, get, you get Hiccup and How to Train Your Dragon, and he just doesn't follow the norm. No, that's... <laughs> really? You're bringing up Hiccup? I brought up yeah, Hiccup. That's uh, not really the Vikings we're talking about. So what, <laughs> what about Michael Myers? I mean, you talked about horrific acts when they're young, and, you know, he did what he did because he's a demented child. Would there, in reality, be any hope of rehab for Michael Myers? Because from the that's beginning... That's a great question. I like, like that. That's the thing is Michael Myers, for those of you who haven't seen the movies from Halloween, uh, he is that masked killer... 
in most of the film, but from the beginning, he's. I mean, there's a scene of the very first of the very first movie yeah. where he's a kid mm-hmm. yeah. and hasn't been in a mental institution all his life, and he's still just yeah. Horrible. Can any of these guys be rehabilitated? That's a great. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I'd be a lousy psychologist if I said no. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like I can do it. You're the <laughs> second to die. Drugs, lots yeah. of them. <laughs> I uh, but but no. At the same time, I mean, I guess. We have to look at genetic research. I actually had this conversation with the med students uh, earlier this week on antisocial personality disorder, and we were talking about these were not psychiatry students. They were family practice docs, and they don't mm-hmm. know as much. And, no, I'm just kidding. And, <laughs> Rivalry here. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, they, there goes they all really our family practice fans. They don't know as much about <laughs> or a big population I should alienate. Um, they don't know as much about psychiatry. So we had a really interesting discussion about the genetic factors and that most of the time we think of personality as learned and developed over our lifetime, and that is true. But there are some personality disorders that seem to have a heritable component, a genetic component. And the scary thing is that antisocial personality, which becomes the sociopath that we see about on TV, mm-hmm. actually has a fairly high genetic loading. Really? So even people who, let's say, uh, somebody who's an antisocial sociopath fathers a child, that child is raised in an adoptive situation, they have much higher rates of antisocial mm-hmm. kind of sociopathic behavior. Wow. And these parents are kind of like, what? the heck i mean yeah we, we didn't got, raise you this yeah, way we, we did the whole thing and we just know, named I, you damien because we thought it was right. a cute name yeah, damien i don't know what happened there. <laughs> hannibal seemed okay um and um it's interesting so there could be to answer your question in a roundabout way i mean could there are at times children who show antisocial characteristics from a very young age which means Think of it as predatorial. Okay. They're preying on other people to get their needs met, and they lack that normal human connection that would make you rethink taking advantage of others. Okay. Um, combining that with an environment that supports it, and you really could raise a, a pretty serious serial killer. And 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 that's that's yeah that's the facts. I don't know. So I mean, this is kind of related. But then, would Jason be in the same boat? Jason Voorhees from Friday the Thirteenth. Um, See, that felt more revenge-based through the the entire series. It does, but at the same time, he... So who's the psychopath there? Is it mom? Good question. That's a very good question, Dr. Matt. Let me answer that for you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, spoiler alert from 1980, uh, the first Friday the 13th movie... A Kevin Bacon classic. Yes, it is. Classic. We love Kevin Bacon movies. Yes, we do. Uh, Well, we love referencing them here in the movies, (laughs) or here in the podcast. But uh, in the first Friday the 13th movie, Jason is not the killer. Right. Jason was a kid at the camp who drowned while other camp counselors were making out. And so making out, making out, mm-hmm. and uh, family his, friendly, family friendly. <laughs> his mother was the one who was exacting revenge on all the counselors that were at Camp Crystal Lake. Right, and it's not till the second movie that he comes that Jason is raised from the dead and, and come to right. play. And it's not even till the third movie until he wears his famous hockey mask. That's true. Good, good recap. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's what I'm um, here for. I think the the difference maybe there is there is a supernatural element to. Can you psychoanalyze a, a supernatural being, though? I mean, is that... Why not? <laughs> That's <laughs> what we say. They have good insurance. He's like, I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> they have great insurance. Yeah. They're actually covered by Medicare. So. Uh, yeah, oh, no, that's bad. I don't see <laughs> No government insurance, man. I want to get paid. <laughs> and now we know. There goes all of our government insurance listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, right? Man, I'm alienating your whole base. No, it's fine. We only have one listener, so we're good. <laughs> and it's your father. <laughs> it's my dad. We sit there listening to the bacon shirt going, I hate that damn kid of mine. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. So was J- I supposed to well, say? No, 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 no. So, Jason, is there anything there? Or, is it, or his yeah, mother? I, Let's go with his mother. 
with his mother. Well, we don't really know her backstory, but she seems sociopathic, right? Like she right. she ha- she isn't being appreciated and treated the way she wants to. She's exacting revenge for her kids, but on people child, that weren't even related to. But it. they That's... weren't related. So there's a psychotic sort of element there that she doesn't care about people, just revenge. So it's an antisocial view of humans that I just need to selfishly, um, you know, hedonistically fill my own need of grief by killing others, which is a little over the top. It's not one of the normal grief You're still steps. talking about her. You're not saying I is in you, right? Make, <laughs> right. No. Sure. Like, this Guess hasn't we actually... Go. We're in a safe environment still, right? It's the trust tree. We can talk about it. Oh, good. Um, so... Yeah. Now, we've been throwing a bunch at you. Is yeah, there yeah. any on that list that you would like to specifically address? Um, I... I'm going to cut you off first. Yeah, go ahead. Because we're talking about Jason. You dissociative disorder. I always do this. I am always... Yeah, anyways. Why the masks? Why do we need masks on... Why do we need a hockey mask? And not so much nowadays. Why do we need a William Shatner mask? That's what Michael Myers wears. Like, why would a monster be like, yep, I'm wearing this mask and this is now my trademark? the difference. It's not a monster. And it creates creates the separation between you and the person. So, so, um, uh, Frankenstein Mm -hmm. is a monster. The Mm -hmm. Wolfman is a monster when he's transformed. But... Mike, you know, Jason Voorhees, Mike Myers, they're not really monsters, they're people. And so by putting a mask on them, it creates that separation. It's a little bit like earlier in our discussion about the separation um, or, or the, the imagination that's created when you don't really see the scary monster. So, so you could say they're not just the, a person, oh, they're yeah. a symbol. And it, I was just Googling that. <laughs> Dang it. The city needs a symbol. It needs a symbol, yeah. That's exactly right. So it, it creates, uh, it's dehumanizing, it's separating. So it allows you to kind of wonder what's behind the mask. Is a little Batman, bit this is jumping into Batman, but is Batman yeah. along the same lines of, say, a Mike Myers, where he puts on that mask to... Batman is an example of somebody who's right on the border of, of that... Um, probably Jason Mike Myers thing wow. where he is he is a little bit psychotic the real batman not you know 70s tv batman the real batman <laughs> you is mean a, christopher nolan's batman the real yeah, batman the real batman is Michael a little Keaton. bit psychotic <laughs> in the sense that he is going to extreme lengths we have we have um actually deviolenced is that a word it is tonight um, batman <laughs> but if you look what's yeah. the original batman cover do you know what he's holding in his hand a gun? A, a Colt 911 45. Really? Yes, he is. Wow. In the original Batman But Batman cover, hates guns. Not originally. Says all he the Nolan boys out the there. The Dark Knight. Says you all the time. He revenge, <laughs> and he killed people. That so, was the original Batman. Wait a minute here, because I just had... I, mean, I may have had a breakthrough, Doctor. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> this is good. This is going to be good. No, I just, I just thought to myself that, you know, uh, Pam Voorhees, her son died. She wanted exact revenge on all the counselors. Right, just because... Batman, his parents died. He dons a mask and wants to kill all the criminals. Well, defeat all the criminals. Yes. Right. Defeat them. Great. Great. I love it. So Batman is a good end to our session. You can pay on your way out. Okay. Uh, I'm covered by Jacob Care. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, hey, I pay drugs. Joel, you're covered by (laughs) Kent Cares. That's not, that's never going to catch on. (laughs) It's not a thing. Because Kent Cares. Um, Yeah. Are there any you want to cover real quick? Well, I mean, I just, we left a few psychopaths off. So. Sure so we Ann, did. Annie Wilkes. I mean, that's yeah, I actually to ask about her. Oh, right? Annie Wilkes from Misery. Yeah, so that's somebody who's... What the crap is going on with her? She's delusional. <laughs> she's, she, she's delusional she and She is one of the most terrifying sociopath. people on this list because yes. she could be real. Right. Those That listener of Bacon Sale, I'm worried that I'm going to end up in their house and they're going to break my ankles. <laughs> oh, please no. Well, the, the, that brings up a great point that a lot of these more modern, like Hannibal Lecter, Norman Bates, uh, Max... 
caddy. I like cash better. Annie Wilkes, <laughs> even Jack Torrance, these are real people that you could fall into, you know, fear with because, but they could trick you. you know, Is falling into fear like door. falling into love only scarier? <laughs> I think I made that up right now, but I really liked how it sounded. So I just kept going with it. I, yeah. lo- I like it. That's a good Balls. title for it's a book. Stockholm falling Syndrome. Into fear. That's what it is. Hey, Jake, yeah. I'm in fear with you. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Um, so, Dang it. <laughs> he called um, it. So I think that our modern sensibilities, just like, um, man, we're making a lot of superhero references here, but if you go back to the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you look at surveys, who is the number one most popular superhero? Superman, right? Superman, absolutely. But Superman is more archetypal. He's Mm -hmm. kind of a Christ figure. He's not very realistic as far as he's the golden boy. He's a Boy Scout. Well, he's he's like uh, he's like Jesus. That's what he's set up to be. That's the archetypal character that he's based on. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's not really relatable to a normal human. But and he has superpowers out the wazoo, right? Yeah. Uh, Batman nowadays, if you go and and look at surveys, typically the number one most popular superhero in the United States is not Aquaman. Superman, Jessica Jones. Or I know you love the Aquaman. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I know, dude. But you got to let the Aquaman go. No, um, it's, it's it's Batman. Yeah. It's and Batman. why do you think that transformation happened in our culture? Cynical. Cynical people. Well, I think it's that yeah, he's, he's attainable. Bit, sure. I mean, we're not billionaires, but still, you well, just need a lot not. of or geniuses. Or geniuses. Well, but you're not. All you need is some karate classes <laughs> or martial arts and a mask, and you could be well, Batman. You could be a vigilante. He, he has no superpowers. Yeah. Other than he's super rich and very. Is he technically a superhero? Then no, he's a hero. He's definitely a superhero. But yeah, the super part you could debate. Um, that would take us into a whole other level of nerdiness. Yes. But let's get back to let's yeah. Get yeah, Matt, this. you are spoiling a sh- uh, show, a follow-up with you. If you look yeah. at the his- history, it, uh, the classic monsters don't do as well. I loved the new Wolfman. Did you guys like that? You yeah, it was Benicio Del Toro one. Yeah. That was, it was good. I thought it was fantastic. My favorite, one of my favorite lines is, pint of bitter, please. <laughs> like, I love that. Or where he's like, it's a doggy dog world. That's yeah. great Anthony Hopkins, oh, yeah. by the way. That's good. Um, and, but those movies don't do as well as the Psychopath Next Door type movies do nowadays. And I think it's because cultures have changed. Uh, people are a little bit more afraid by things that could actually happen. What's in the news? You know, psychopaths are in the news. Real war, real violence is in the Ken news. Ken said that last week, that women were afraid of everything. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't think I goodness. said that. <laughs> Let's just put myself on We're not going to go there. I can't wait till next week when I bring it up again. (laughs) Here's what I want to lead to now that you're talking about that the universal monsters, the classic monsters, are no longer scarier archetypes. Why are we marginalizing them? Why are we dumbing them down for teen fans? Can I? Can I build on that too? Yeah, sure. In that, it's a, back when Frankenstein first came out, people were fainting in the audience. Yes. But today, even if you show a child Frankenstein and have the yeah. no real basis for horror, they're, like, <laughs> they're not as scared. Yeah. Right. Um, Is that well, in your question or I just hijack your question? No, that's, that's a good lead in to my question. All right. Because I was going right for the Twilight. Why are we making these <laughs> movie monsters why romantic we, leads? Yeah, why are we romanticizing monsters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. owning your fear. That's what it is. Yeah, or we, it's part of the process. Marrying your fear is what it comes down to. Yes, consuming your fear. Like I'll be Freudian for a second. It's like it's what are your basic drives? You know, eating, sleeping, making friendly. out. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, he knows. Yeah. He knows the terminology. So you're consuming in that way this fear object, which is that. Plus, it's powerful. Vampires 
man, they're very popular and they still are. You, they kind of get reincarnated. They're not the Dracula vampires typically mm-hmm. anymore, but they're they're just like zombies. Like uh, World War Z, zombies are like they can run eight hundred miles an hour now. Yeah, and it's like if that were real, there's no survivors. No, no way. So unless I, you have cancer or your Brad Pitt. <laughs> Stupid Spoiler movie. alert! Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, <laughs> no one see that movie that tonight. <laughs> oh um, no, sorry. But um, he's actually watching it on his phone right now. Yeah, this is my podcast. Man, Brad Pitt is dreaming. Um, but I think that uh, vampires are also powerful. We do like that sense of the supernatural. But we're so there's the power there. There's the fear, and then you can you can consume it and own it by marrying it and having its uh, devil child. I guess I don't know. Well, I didn't Rosemary's baby now. The, I don't. Did they have a baby in the they Twilight did. thing? They yeah. had yeah. a creepy CGI face. Yeah, the I didn't scariest ever baby watch ever. It. it was yeah. terrifying. If if the if that girl, the lead girl, what's her name? That Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, if she wasn't so terrible, I probably would have watched the films. But she just, I don't want to make out with her at all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Wait, like, so I is, her, is that your barometer for like, am I going to see a movie tonight? You don't watch any. Tilda Swinton movies, <laughs> not a one. So, like, you know, if I don't want honesty, I don't want to make out with him. I'm not going to watch it. She just, she would just seem like a problem. Like, I just want to send her to her room. You know, like all the time, I'm like, you're grounded. Seriously, you know? like, right? I, I felt the same like, way. You a seriously need gosh, dude, to you don't even turn on your me. phone and go to your room. No, <laughs> that's not a you. No, I, we do have a lot of uh, psychopaths on here, like you mentioned. Like we have uh, Chucky from Child's Play, who's Charles Lee Ray. I think is what the killer who gets in the do- the doll's body is. Right, um, right. Ghostface from Scream, probably also just a psychopath. Here's one that I bet a lot of people don't know, though. Pinhead. Yeah, the the. And from I will from, say that I so from the movie movie Heck Razor. <laughs> Heck Razor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hell Razor. <laughs> yeah. Family friendly Razor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we can say hell. When yeah. I was in high school, one of my best <laughs> buddies. Oh, do you guys know who? Do you know the name Stan Winston? Yeah. Does anybody know? Okay. Yeah, makeup so, artist. Yeah, yeah. I follow him on Twitter or yeah. costume or you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you may follow his kid because Stan's dead. Oh no! But um, <laughs> who am I? Who am I? Stan Winston. Winston Studios. It's a makeup special effects studio. The so. alien one. What's yeah. his name? I forget. We'll oh, HR. No. no. HR Puff and Stuff? Yeah, HR, yeah, HR Puff, Puff and Stuff. stuff. <laughs> he made Sorry for interrupting. That's Rick okay. Baker. Rick Baker, it's that's Rick the one. Baker. Yeah, Sorry, so Stan Winston the effects for Thriller. story, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Stan Winston and the Ghostbusters <laughs> were at my house for tea. Um, was my buddy's uncle growing up. Really? And so, yeah. So Stan was a, a really cool guy, down to earth. Fantastic guy, and so we were fascinated. We'd we'd read Fangoria. Uh, is that Fangoria? Yeah, it's Fangoria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fangoria. And we'd read that, and we always wanted to grow up to be you know special effects guys. And then his dad owned a bunch of weird little businesses. One were the mom and pop video VHS stores back in the day, and so he always had this garage full of movies that was going out or coming in from these movies. So we would stay up and we would binge with friends at his house and watch horror movies. And one of my favorites, I loved the Hellraiser movies, family friendly Heckraiser movies. <laughs> and but can you love Hellraiser? Oh, I, I love Hellraiser. That's a dark, gory, no, I, well, terrifying yeah, because movie. Because he was such a great creepy character and I always figured out I, I I would sit there and watch and think 
how terrible would it be to like get your shirt on and off with the pins in your head and all <laughs> I, that kind of the stuff? Reason, did he put them in himself or did someone else have to do it? I, I don't know the backstory on the pins, actually. The reason well, I like that movie, and, and Jake watched it for the first time last yeah. year, did not like the movie at all. Really? Well, I thought he was a really cool character. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, the I only character. watched the first movie and I'm like, lame, lame, lame. Oh, he's cool. But yeah. the movie yeah, itself no, that's, that's is almost good. like, <laughs> it's, kind of a, it's kind of a distracting movie, much like Friday the 13th, yeah, because it's about a woman having an affair and trying to resurrect Resurrect this yeah. this guy yeah. and bring you know basically killing people to bring his body back to life kind of strange and then at the end there's a puzzle box and Pinhead shows up exactly yeah. it's a bit strange yeah it's probably been twenty years since and I watched since, it so and, that's uh, a good reminder just for reference Pinhead and all his black leather wearing people are all just called Cenobites so that's yes, the name that, for those those beings from the other dimension who come and torture you yeah well, I thought it was part of my Mac OS. You know, I use Cenobites. I got 12 Cenobites on this computer. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You got to upgrade. So my point in bringing up Pinhead was just that nobody knows it anymore, knows the character very well. A lot of people don't even have any idea who Pinhead is or Hellraiser. Those movies have not kind of stayed popular. And I think besides the fact that you guys are making a really good point, it wasn't a good movie. um, (laughs) The character, you you can have a None of these are good movies. Right. But... It's not a relatable scary character anymore, but just because it's too different than a can, real. Can I human. play Freudian for a little bit? Sure. You're not yeah. the doctor. I know, but you can play it though. The, I don't think well, you're radio. I don't think I, you get the roles of the show yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if I'm sitting by a psychologist, I am now a psychologist, that, right? By Osmosis, nature, yes. You're, yes. Also, you're also a parakeet and a giant spoon. Pinhead yes. and the Cenobites, they all wear black leather, right? They mm-hmm. all, when they show up, they mm-hmm. make people suffer. Yes. And yes. it is very, and they get glee from it. Mm-hmm. Would this be akin to uh, Fifty Shades of Grey type community, the BDSM sort of people? Like, cause that's what I feel that Pinhead is. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joel's smiling. Things, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you dance around the subject. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's torture. Pleasure. Yeah, sadistic pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Would Definitely. that kind of be akin to that? That would be the that would be the thread between those two. So things. it's like yeah. Netflix would go, "Hey, you like Fifty Shades of Grey? You may also like, <laughs> like Hellraiser. Hellraiser Four. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably true. But, but I, <laughs> I want to bring up something too that, to, much like how uh, Pinhead doesn't show up till the end of Hellraiser. And Jason isn't at all in number one. As right. these movies progress, as these sequels go on, the, these iconic movie uh, horror movie characters become caricatures of themselves. Definitely. Like you get to the end of the Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy's just like this wisecracking idiot that you don't even fear anymore. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And Jason's just, I mean, he's this mindless killing machine, but they kind of lose something as they progress. I don't know, they fought in space, didn't they? Uh, they did. Yeah, we don't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I don't know how that could be silly. No, not at all. <laughs> there, there is one here I, I wanted to talk to you about in particular uh, was Jigsaw from Saw. I don't know if you've okay. seen those movies or not. I, you know, those types of movies don't interest me a ton well, anymore, me, but I have seen, I think I've seen the original and maybe number three. Because I was going to pitch know. it to you is I, I'm not a huge fan of torture porn uh, movies. Oh, really? Or, no, no, no. Because okay. no, it's really. a family I've seen all the Saw movies. <laughs> but they turn into that. Like the first movie yes. is actually a psychological thriller. The yeah. second one kind of, and then it teeters over into whatever. Just, yeah. But uh, spoiler alert for Saw, uh, <laughs> Jigsaw is a man who has a terminal illness. And so he wants to make other people appreciate their life better. So he feels he's doing good. Mm-hmm. So is he still a psychopath if he thinks what he's doing is helping these people, even if it's these extreme measures? Yeah, we call that a delusion. So, oh, okay. Definitely. But he's still That's a psychopath. Fair. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's deluding himself into thinking what he's doing is helping people when, in fact, he's torturing them. But they do feel pretty happy after. I mean, 
Amanda was so happy. Relief isn't really the same as happiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you don't right. have all your body parts, then happiness is hard to obtain. Yeah. I only lost one arm. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I have another foot. <laughs> exactly. Nope. It's gone. <sighs> well, I think we've, we've gone through most of these okay. uh, on the list here. Oh, there was Pennywise from uh, Stephen King's It. Clowns. Clowns are freaky, man. Is that more a problem clowns. with us? Because are clowns just scary because of the, the well, John you know Wayne clowns, Gacy? Or? No, you know what clowns are originally based on? Clowns were originally intended to scare people. They're based on uh, hobos, the literal hobo. Uh, the, the big red nose is that big bulbous nose of an alcoholic uh, you know, person who, uh, uh, the hobo from what is that, the 20s or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tra- Jumped the trains. And parents would say hobos became kind of a uh, cultural horror character in a way they would say don't go out because the hobos will get you you know and huh. don't hang out down by the train tracks because the hobos will get you and so then the the where clowns does the, where does the permanent grin come from because that's um, what creeps me out you went you there um whiskey i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, like i think clowns you know uh, clowns come from that kind of uh theatrical sort of representation of something that's intriguing and scary at the same time uh you know yeah it's there but isn't it funny that like clowns are hired for and i don't think it's very common these days but clowns maybe hired for a birthday party but there's always about four adults there going why 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 did you do this this? yeah well it scares kids and it gets their attention and it kind of they get to kind of like being in a movie you're processing fear and attraction in a safe place that you can work it through. So it's a very similar thing if you bring a clown to a kid's birthday party. Clowns, like, I don't know, if you brought a magician, the kids are likely to kind of ignore the magician unless they're particularly charismatic. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, the, you, but you still bring a clown, a real true clown, to a birthday party to do the same tricks the magician might do. And they will huddle do. in the corner. <laughs> and the, kid, the kids are like, they don't take their eyes off the clown because the makeup separates them. It's a mask. It's terrifying. And it's, it's scary but kind of fun at the same time. And... When yeah. and you bring up John Wayne Gacy, and that's a, a famous serial killer who was a clown at children's parties, and that right. terrifies me that that you don't know who the person is behind. Well, it's that like bringing right. a lion to a party, and then, then the lion like does tricks for you, and then like ties balloons. And, and you're, you're like, like, I guess the lion's dude. Friendly. By the end of the night, you're like, we're all hire, safe. It worked. If the, <laughs> yeah. if the lion is tying balloons, I'm hiring that lion. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, Hogle Zoo would get more visitors. Um, <laughs> but I think I think partly that's um, in in the actual John Wayne Gacy case, um, his access, like he. The people who want to prey on others find ways of accessing them. Like a lion will sneak through the tall grass, um, modern-day serial killers tend to cloak themselves in normalcy. And so they will find ways of getting into your life. And that's the scary part. Will you walk me to my car after the show? <laughs> so because now I'm scared. Yeah. Well, uh, um, did you, I was going to say, um, we have on here Freddie and Jack Torrance. Either one of those stand out or are they kind of lumped in with others? Jack Torrance is, is a great character From in the, the sense that he, if you watch, yeah, The Shining, if you watch the beginning where he kind of needs the job, he's kind of desperate, mm-hmm. he's kind of a guy behind the the eight ball in life and and then he cracks i don't fully i'll be honest i don't mind admitting i don't fully understand him in the picture mm-hmm. at the end do you guys get that not really like, like it's kind of like no. implying that he's the, the hotel owns them. him yeah he's part of the hotel now but i didn't know if that meant more like he was possessed or he be, he's 
been consumed by the hotel or if that was more a projection of like that's what happens to people when they come there i don't know but i think he become he's more of those one of those like they had a psychotic break type characters so they're maybe not they're kind of a sadder character in the sense that they're not like a Hannibal Lecter who is kind of cracked a long time ago right. and is preying on people. He's kind of trying to do the right thing, be a good guy, but he just can't quite do life. Right. And then he gets into a situation that pushes him over his limits, and he kind of has a psychotic-type break. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Freddy, I mean, he, he had stuff happening before he was burned by the, the parents of all the kids he killed or whatever. Well, he was a child molester, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so he had that whole issue, but then post that, issue, yeah. he just he turns into this <laughs> kind of this, this cat who plays with his food. Like he just he toys with these people, yeah. and it seems like he just goes beyond uh, what Jason would do, which is just stab, stab. And he wants to play with them. More. Yeah, he's more of that sadistic sort of sociopath who's really enjoying the hunt. And so when we talk about real psychopaths or sociopaths, people that prey on others, that's the best way to think of it is they it's. And if you can't wrap your mind around this, awesome, because that means you're normal. Uh, I've got my mind all around it Uh, because if you can't really understand what it would be like to see other people as objects to meet your needs and that you could prey on them, like, because we don't even do that. Most of us with like with animals, you're like, well, I I don't run over dogs in the street. I would feel bad if I killed a bird with my car or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but these people kind of see people as objects in their environment to meet their needs and they're disposable. And it's, and then you add the sadistic pleasure aspect of playing with them, torturing, toying with them. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's kind of a fear that I would be under someone's control who is that way there. They become a monster in a sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if we could go back to more classic monsters, yeah. I want to talk about Frankenstein. Okay. Because I think the book Frankenstein and the movie Frankenstein are two completely different characters. Very different. Totally. Because the book, it's it's a very intellectual character. Very he's much. articulate. He's, yes. He's suave. Mm-hmm. And he just looks. Maybe like I want Frank. you to more break him down because there's a lot of complexity there. And the Kenneth Branagh version. Yes, it goes uh, into actually that. a better version if you want to. With Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. yeah, De Niro, who was Max the, Cady. Yeah, ooh. Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah, I don't think that makes a connection. But, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> no. um, talk about that. Well, so which one? The more the classic? The, yeah, the, the classic book? one, because I think there's a search for meaning. Wait. He's not as much a monster in the book, but there are times where he does some terrible things, whether on purpose or not on purpose. Yeah, I think the the character is kind of like... Um, uh, the alienation from society that we all fear, you know, that will be misunderstood, that we're trying our best to muddle through this life and we just, we're not going to connect with other people. And I kind of see it as a search for a creator yeah, and feeling like creator, the creator betrayed me. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Psychologist. Uh, ding. ding. <laughs> no, we already established you're a psychopath. <laughs> Yeah. Well, can you walk us out to our car when Kent goes out with us? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> I'll take Kent. sadistic pleasure in saying goodnight. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that if you, the, yeah, it's more of almost a, a search, a search for meaning and purpose. And then you kind of go through this life where you're misunderstood, alienated, alone, you know, the anger that comes from feeling um, you know, that God doesn't love you. I mean, I think that's really what the original Frankenstein is about. That's deep. Frankenstein's monster, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. exactly. Well played. Yeah. And Cause, yeah, I, cause I was like doing Kent. Yeah. And Kent's I've called him really, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. I'm over here. Like, just keep in mind. That's like calling Dr. Who, Dr. Who. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. call Dr. Who. who? who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, another thing is like the Frankenstein's monster is kind of bringing humanity together. It's not an integrated self. 
So it's pieces of different people trying to work together. If you think about that, that's super so, deep. There you go. So it's he's a society. He's a, yeah. He, it's kind of reflection of humans, humankind's search for meaning and, and purpose and how we basically screw things up. Wow. Kent, you really knocked it with that uh, question. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a favorite monster? Yeah. Wolfman. Wolfman? Yeah. Really? Okay. And, and you want to know what my favorite superhero has been since I was a kid? Wolfman? Hulk? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think as a little kid growing up, I, you know. You watch the 70s series? Um, and oh, yeah. Love, yeah. love it. Bill Bixby. Sad music. Yeah. No, I never missed it. Uh, that's the truth. Um, I actually should have, I should have brought it out. I have, I have a bunch of great original comic covers of, of the yeah. book. Yeah. Um, but the reason I think as a kid I love that, and it's always kind of stuck with me, both of those characters, is that's kind of like the task of being a young boy growing up in modern society. We're not allowed to be wild and, and brutish. You know, you can't just let your inner id out whenever you're upset or angry. Or most of us weren't raised in homes like that. We we're right. raised to, you know, be good and make good choices and be kind and help old ladies and be a scout and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that little boys often relate to that, those types of characters where they just kind of have these breakout sort of moments and yet still can be kind of powerful and sometimes in the Hulk's case, good. But the Hulk is kind of a hybrid of Frankenstein mm-hmm. and and the Wolfman because yeah. he's kind of misunderstood but wants to do the right thing. He tries to overcome that Hulkness about him, whereas the Wolfman is really just that interplay between your two aspects of who you are. You know that. that so what should that tell us part? about you, though? If those yeah. are two <laughs> well, is there a full moon? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think so. I think yeah. I mean, I think I'm I'm admitting I'm sharing. But do you feel, Doctor Matt, yes. that, or uh, Doctor Hyde, whatever? Yes, that your interest yeah. in the duality of man is kind of what drove you to study psychology. No, it's because you get to wear sweaters, <laughs> cardigans. Yeah, it's a cardigan. He's actually wearing four right yeah. now. <laughs> no, I love them. You just um, do that, Mister Rogers thing. We just keep taking them off. I, no, I think what uh, I mean, sort of. Obviously, there would have to be some curiosity there. I think originally, I, my first psychology class, I was an undergrad at BYU, family friendly. Go and um, I took uh, my first semester, I took Psych 110 or 101, whatever the requ- required one is for your major, for, I mean, generals. And I, I thought it was the stupidest class I ever took. So boring, I got a C. Plus. Quit going to the class. About C's get degrees. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Later, I got into two things that brought me into psychology. One was neuroscience. So, um, uh, I'm one of those Mormon kids. I went on a mission, came home, didn't really know I wanted to study, um, started studying some neuroscience stuff and thought that was really cool. Thinking, well, maybe I'll go to medical school and and doing that. At the same time, I needed a job. Mm-hmm. So I started working as a part-time PE teacher at an elementary school, which I wasn't qualified for, but hey, it's Utah education. Climb so, a rope, kids. Uh, pretty much. It was kind of, yeah, I don't know, run around, kick the ball. You know, we still played dodgeball when I was in charge. It was fun. Um, and uh, I started getting really interested in why the kids did what they did more than the games we were playing. It was kind of like, hmm. oh, it's interesting. Why would that kid do that? And I found myself kind of talking about behavior as it relates to neuroscience to my neuroscience professors. And they would get really annoyed with me. And they finally said, you know, there's this course you need to take. And it's, it's okay. It's in the psychology department. It's still pretty good. Go over there and take this neurodevelopment course. And that kind of got me into 
being interested in in the brain and how brain and behavior and that science kind of works. And I think that's what got me into psychology. But certainly the other part of me, the really geeky part of me is always, I've loved mythology. Mm-hmm. And, and if you read like Carl Jung and some of the early psychoanalysts, even Freud talking about how we project a lot of our developmental needs into literature and stories and characters and archetypes. And uh, that was fascinating to me. So there's, there's a lot within psychology that's really interesting. And even though we're having fun with monsters tonight, can you see how human beings created these characters? Mm-hmm. And why would a human create a character like the Wolfman if it's not a projection of our human needs? Well, kind of like any mythological character in any story you've ever read. Hmm. Can, can I ask you about that then? Because you just brought up a, a point in my mind. Is that these people who come up with the ideas for, say, Saw or Hostile or those things like that, yeah. should we be concerned about them that they have these things bouncing around in their mind? Well, I, if they're on that babysitter service, I wouldn't have that <laughs> babysitter. Because <laughs> uh, I wonder about um, that. These people, I'm like, of, I'm like no, who came up of. with this idea? Well, partly, I mean, it depends. Some of it's formulaic. They know that, you know, it's business and that the creepier and weirder it is, you know, they might they might snag an audience and then mm. these films are fairly cheap to make and make a lot of money. Um, people who are really into it. Um, like, for example, like Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Like, all he does, he, he, he sketches just horrific things in, yeah. his, in his notepads. But his is like a beautiful horror. It is, but still horrific. Yeah. Yeah. He's, what's the new movie he has coming out? Uh, Crimson Peak next yeah. week. The That's sequel to Crimson good. Tide. Is it really? No. That's cool. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah, Denzel. Yeah. Twin Peaks. It's kind of a combo. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Maybe they should make See, I feel like he's right kind of normal. He's just a fanboy of sorts. And he, he really likes that sort of thing. You have some folks that are just extremely creative. They live a very, they're different. Have you ever, like, I love in the office being able to talk to somebody who's a truly artistic type mind and thinker, mm-hmm. somebody who, who abandons a lot of logic in, in favor of creativity and seeing where that goes. And then you combine that with whatever they're drawn to, which may be a reflection of some of their own issues and or needs. Mm-hmm. So that creativity could become beautiful paintings of flowers or some crazy, creepy nightmare. And why they're drawn to, to their creativity to be an outlet in one of those versus the other, I don't mm-hmm. really know. Um, but like Guillermo del Toro is one of my very favorites because, of course, he is uh, the creator of my very favorite, which is... Uh, Hellboy. He's yeah. my favorite superhero. And yeah, Joel superhero, really likes Hellboy. Defend okay. his superhero-ness to anybody, anyone. By the way, Joel does not like Hellboy, it's but a, that's for like another Hellboy. show. No, no, no. Like. It's okay. Hellboy what? to the Golden Army is fantastic. It's it okay. But I started reading Hellboy. Have you read Hellboy? I have not. With uh, I've read Heckboy. It's Mike, very different. Mike <laughs> Actually, I think We've already I said Hellraiser. Whole show. <laughs> I, I created a whole character called Heckboy, and he, he was born in Provo. And <laughs> it was a whole thing where he at BYU campus, and he came across to the other side, and Heckboy saved us from not choosing the right. I mean, it was a whole thing. It was great. Wow. Yeah. No, uh, copyright. Anyway. Um, but just throwing uh, them out. I love Hellboy. Mike Mignola, if that is just one of the, if you love mythology mm-hmm. and 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 paranormal and and all of that science fiction stuff, there is nothing better than reading Hellboy. Oh, the movies are great, and I love I love them visually, but they really don't even touch the books. There you go. 
Yeah. Love it. <laughs> do you like how this is like a half superhero, half yeah, it's like, it's movie? It's more we're, I, we're this gonna, is what we do, though, sorry, Matt. We're going to have to have a superhero show later on. I would love to do a superhero so, show. Yeah, I can go on even, and on. You sure? After this experience, you still want to do another one? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we, you guys let me talk, and I try not to curse. It's we like, just don't let Jacob night. talk, is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I shut his mic off several times. Jacob's been over there. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. The audio sleep, what were you guys saying? I don't know. But to kind of wind down a bit... We each brought a fear that okay. we would like to talk to you about and see if there's any sort of deep-rooted or, cool. or thing inside that you could help us the with. The answer is yes, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? I, I want Jake to go first. Okay, Jake. I'm going to go first? Yeah, or do you want me to go first? Um, Ladies first. Jacob, go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking so, about punching so, so in. So. Far, so, so far, we've had a racist comment out of Joel... <laughs> And, and a misogynistic comment. Wait, what was the racist comment? Yeah. I don't know. Black guy's diaper. Oh, that was, that, was, that, was a, that was an observation. I'm yeah. joking. I'm yeah. joking. You're like, it's not racist if it's a fact. <laughs> Stereotypes are mostly true, right? Oh, God. That's what Joel was saying earlier. I think I was quoting Kent earlier, too. Right no. when you told me that uh, I think women are stupid, right? That was what you said. No, this I did not. the last show. Matt, just to clarify, I and I think this should be clarified here. Yeah. Is I said women are far more logical than men, and they actually fear, like in terms of movies, mm-hmm. uh, movies about uh, serial killers or crazy people coming and breaking into, into their homes. Whereas I think men are more what what goes bump in the night, what's hiding in the dark, oh, supernatural. Yeah, because women actually fear crazy people, crazy men out there. Uh-huh. For actual reasons. Well, that's what he says. But that's what he said he <laughs> no, meant. But what, stop he re- it. Really what he really meant. said was, women, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that's all he said. Yeah, we're supposed to just interpret the rest. Which, yeah, which leads me to my fear, women. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do a whole other yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, why, don't, why don't you go first, kid? Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I do have one main fear, but let me tell you, uh, just kind of, let me break down what I think would be the scariest situation that I could ever, ever be in. It's night. I mean, it's it's dark. Okay, check. So far, we got is it that. a stormy night? I get kidnapped. Okay, you, re- you realize Jacob and I are planning a prank on you <laughs> with everything you say here. Write this down. <laughs> I'm thrown into the back of a car, uh-huh. blindfolded and everything. All of a sudden, I'm put on a boat. Okay, oh. yeah, and I still can't see anything. And then we go pretty pretty far, and they throw me out in the middle of this body body of water. Right, it's pitch dark. And there are possibly sharks in the water. My palms are sweating. Wait, Just are you worried about, about the sharks? I mean, you're no. drowning. Like, everything. No, seriously. The darkness. The darkness. The, the right. unknown the of how far the shore is or not. The band, okay. the darkness. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes. I believe in a thing I love. Joel sings a lot. <laughs> he doesn't sing at all this episode. I know. It's kind of disappointing. I, I'd sing the Hulk theme earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was good. Actually, I did but for me, it's the sharks are my number one greatest fear. Are they really? They are. How'd you like that Sharknado? <laughs> love it. Okay. Absolutely love it, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, that would that would be terrifying. Okay. Uh, but sharks and especially the ocean at night scares me so bad. But just, and I know the kidnappers thing was kind of silly, but just being placed in an environment where it yeah. is complete unknown with something underneath me that w- that is bigger than me on the food chain. What, what would have happened, though, if it was Christopher Nolan walking with his arm around your shoulder and then throwing you in the water. I'd willingly go just to <laughs> hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on in. All right, Chris. I'll be the sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I mean, all those things. I mean, well, let me ask you. Just, just no, see, this is don't let this get too deep. Listed out the fears just to there. cover my bases. 
Uh, were were you ever kidnapped and or thrown in a tank of sharks as a child? No. Okay. Just wanted to clear that <laughs> up. Just didn't want to. I'll, I'll tell you where my, where my original fear of sharks comes from, and yeah, it's actually me. not Jaws. Okay. Jaws was a good stepping stone. Okay. To make me terrified, but my older brother, who is six years older than I was, so mm-hmm. let's just imagine me at five. Yeah. Yeah. He's sleeping on my bunk bed. Uh-huh. He used to come in, and he was, what, 11 at the time. Dressed as a shark? <laughs> yeah, dressed as a shark. <laughs> From Saturday Night Live. Like, I could even Land be... shark. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm a dolphin. <laughs> I, I could even be on my top bunk, and he would read... We'd have these nature books, and we had one about sharks. Yeah. which just had a couple of pictures of scary sharks, whatever. Nature versus nurture. I see where you're going. And he would tell me that there were sharks in my closet... <laughs> so he wasn't the brightest 11 year old right yeah well he knew that when, that would get me shark, did the sharks ever come out of the closet <laughs> that's another episode as that's well. another yeah. episode hey, shark any shark could marry any other shark i don't know what you so at all that. times i feared that like the closet would open at night yeah and water would fill my room oh, even geez. though i was on the second floor of my house yeah. and i would be exposed to sharks yeah and then terrifying and then Jaws happened yeah, and messed me up. And then anytime deal. I would go to Pineview Dam, I would go to Bear Lake or a swimming pool, yeah, like surf or and swim, bathtub. I would feel like shark, you know, right. if there were ever yeah. gates or anything, yeah. I would feel like a shark could possibly be there. Yeah. My What's wife, wrong with me? <laughs> my wife says that, that after watching Jaws as a, a young girl, that she would be afraid to sit on the toilet. <laughs> yes. Sharks would bite her exposed butt. Well, actually, in Australia, there is a snake problem with that, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm a spider. So, yeah. yeah. Go for a psychoanalysis. I would say, there. so what's the theme there? I mean, there's the childhood fear. And yeah. as kids, we have these vivid imaginations where reality is, is abandoned you know, or never developed yeah. at that point. You're five, so you're very... You know, a pre-contemplative child. You're not able to kind of think about the reality of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't factor in. And even if somebody told you it wouldn't matter. Um, and you trust your older brother. Way to build on, you know, break that trust. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the fears, like in adulthood, all have this theme of anxiety, not being able to see and control things. Like a shark, if you think about why is a shark scary? Well, you only see its dorsal fin until it gets you. And so that's part of the scariness of the shark for people is it's not that they've, most people, I mean, I think yours is a little closer to a true traumatic experience as a child with a shark, even though it was an imaginary shark, it's still traumatic. But many people are afraid of sharks who've never had anything even like that happen. We live in a desert because I'm terrified of right, sharks. Yeah, on a mountain in a desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, because it, it's, it's a great horror image, a scary image, because you have this dark water and you can kind of know something's underneath there, but you can't see and control it. So all being kidnapped, being tossed out into the water to drown, and being eaten by sharks, all are things that you can't control and you really can't see coming to defend yourself. So that's kind of the theme of the fear is being out of control, not being prepared, not being able to see something coming. So it's kind of this mind blown. Kent, type fears. Kent is a control to freak. That. I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm scared of things. <laughs> and but but when it comes to some you know like something that you could see, it's not. It didn't make your list. No, and it's strange. Like uh, I love swimming in the ocean. I don't let it stop me, but I, I am always on the lookout. Or if I'm ever like swimming in the ocean, uh-huh. I always have that fear and of that something is, don't hitting like my seal. Don't look like a seal. Don't yeah. look like a seal. <laughs> yeah. That's your logical mind kind of controlling that fear. But like you said, that fear is always kind of bubbling underneath there. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Awesome, Kent. That 
was great. All right, yeah. let's go to you, Joel. Oh, me? Um, well, truth be told, a lot of one of my main. I brought two just in case Kent would take one. And yeah. indeed, it's not even sharks; just things in the water bigger than me terrify me. Like I was standing on the edge right. of a cruise ship one time, and uh, I saw the stabilizer come out under the water, and I had to step away from the water from the oh, ledge because okay. it just it got me. But you already discussed that one. I, I'll move yeah, on from there. Kind of somewhere, yeah. I want to know why. And this isn't just common to me, but why do people run up the stairs when there's darkness oh, yeah. behind them? Like, oh yeah, because like, you're not in the dark. You're walking actually. Usually at my parents' house, there's a light in the hallway in the stairwell, and so you turn off the light in the basement and then start going upstairs. And I have to sprint every time. Yeah, and I just imagine. And this goes back to maybe something I saw <laughs> on TV. Still doing this, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> awesome. I adult. do too. <laughs> but like as an adult, like I, there was this movie. I, I don't even know. It was called The Children. I think 1980. But there's these kids. Children that, under the stairs. No, 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 not that one. No. That's oh. people under the stairs. But people under the stairs. This one, the children, I think it's called The Children. It was 1980, but these kids have black fingernails, and when they touch things, it burns them. Oh. And in my mind, it's like as I'm running up the stairs, because I know a lot of people run up the stairs, but in my mind, I'm running up the stairs, and I, I see these, I imagine these hands reaching up with black fingernails to grab to my grab ankles me, yeah. and burn me or drag me down or something like that. Well, so there's a couple things. I mean, one is, again, those sometimes at certain developmental periods when we're learning what to trust and what to fear we can have experiences like older brothers or movies that really do make an impression on us. My dad would pinch our legs sometimes if he was behind us up the stairs. Yeah, Yeah, that's a (laughs) bad thing to do. Um, So those can make an impression. One, The darkness, let's talk about that really quick because we haven't really talked about darkness. Darkness is a great scary tool that's you know cheap. Mm -hmm. You just turn the light off and there you go. And whether it's in a movie or in reality. And uh, evolutionary psychologists would explain that as primitive man had to learn what to stay away from what was dangerous and what wasn't in order to survive Mm -hmm. and that that's made a genetic imprint on us so if you look at some of the things that are the number one phobias for people do you know what they are like the the clowns what no public speaking and death and Um, darkness something well you know public speaking tends to be up there uh but if we talk about the number one type of Phobia would be animal phobias are more common. Yeah, like spiders. And, but they're creepy things that you can't yeah. see, snakes mm. and spiders. But most people who have true phobias of those things haven't really had bad experiences with them. That's why a mouse could be so scary to someone is it's this creepy little thing. that. But it, you know the mouse isn't going to hurt you. Right. Darkness is in that category of the evolutionary psychologist's explanation for fear is that you can't see and control something. If you... Like, how is it? Uh, Jim Gaffigan talks about going camping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's all fun during the day, but then at night, you're like, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's because you have that innate kind of primal sense that I should stay away from things that could hurt me. In right. our homes, we even sometimes, like this this big window behind you, yeah. if my wife was up, she would walk by and like close that at night. Yeah. So, but there's I. nobody back there. Like, there's that a you forest. know of. Probably, <laughs> um, but it's not like the neighbors would would see us in here running around with our clothes off because that's what we do when the kids go to bed. But, um, <laughs> uh, the, but it's just a forest back there. So, but you can't see what's seeing you. Mm-hmm. And so, for for a lot of kids or you know adults uh, running up the stairs, you just get that creepy feeling. And some of it's conditioned from childhood. You kind of get that. F- the feeling comes back. It's associated with darkness. So you run up the stairs. Uh-huh. It's in your parents' house, all that kind of stuff. But that's why 
you can tromp around in the forest during the day and have a lot of fun. And then at night, you're pretty vulnerable if you just have a little tent and a campsite. And you're kind of like, I'm not walking far too, you know, far yeah. from the light kind of thing, even though you were just in that very space an hour before when it was light. So darkness may have a kind of evolutionary, genetically endowed fear in order to keep us safe. Built-in safety mechanism. Instinct. So running up the stairs or it keeps me well safe. Said. Yeah, even though it's and completely keeps irrational. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what keeps part you of the fit. Workout, the fear workout. Program. Yeah, scare people. Apparently, that's all I need to do to exercise: just turn off the lights behind me, and I'll just get a really going. long stairway. Yeah. And then, actually, combining that with the imagery of the hands, yeah, from childhood, little black yeah, fingernails, still get you. Sure, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jake, you're up. All right. Well, I I really I, th- I thought about this a lot because we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, and I don't have. Well, let me let me preface a little bit. I grew up forty acres of woods, uh, as Kent mentioned, surrounded Amish by Amish. Country. Actually, yeah, and at all times he was actually surrounded by a circle of Amish people at all times. <laughs> that is really creepy. creepy. Yeah. yeah, I was actually like what, a king what there. State? Where'd you grow up? Missouri. In Missouri. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, Sounds good. Not Kansas. Kansas. But, you know. but I would. I would. I mean, I was a barefoot kid running around in the woods, basically, and I had Did a you lot have of corn cob pipe because that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Right. Right. Overalls, yes. no shirt. Yes. No, that happened. That happened a lot. <laughs> ding, 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 that's ding, a real ding, thing. Ding, yeah. Ding. Yeah. No, talk, talk about fears. It's banjo country. I'm not even kidding. So um, anyway, but uh, like things that went bump in the night. I w- there were so many things to be afraid of that I realized that my mortality was actually very real as a kid. Like I could die from a number of things. Like I still have kind of a fear of heights, but even as a kid, I would climb trees. I fell out of a number of trees just because I was constantly facing Explained it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what? Nothing. <laughs> Go on. Uh, so I never, I think somehow I got over the fear of death and a strange thing I think has happened, um, which is the only persistent fear through my life has been a fear of living so long, like living forever after I die that it becomes absolutely meaningless. Whoa. Wait a second. Living after you die? Yeah, like, I mean, like... Like, like death becomes her. No, no. I mean, like, <laughs> like an actual, like, you like, know, assuming I continue to exist after I die. Okay, so like like eternity. Eternity, yeah, yes, eternity. Right. Yeah, heaven or, yeah, however it works out that I live... Sure like, you, you could say hell. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Or the other place you might go. But it, it doesn't even matter what it is. If, I think hell will be more fun, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, it, like heaven, like Pressure the happiest off. place I can imagine, how long does it stay happy is kind of been my, my persistent ah, fear. I mean, even and I had this fear when I was a child, like a really young child. It was like... There's nothing that could really satisfy me. So you forever. think like so, this is crazy? It's like so, conspiracy sharks. And Jake, <laughs> Jacob is, is contemplating eternity. Like, Jake's like, I'm going to be bored of playing harps up in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, it's really real, interesting. It was, it's the only real one I could bring to the table. You run up the wow. stairs. Don't even. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to bring up my faults. <laughs> Um, that's pretty deep. You beat these guys. You're the <laughs> Dang it. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was the plan. I got kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just glad, I'm glad he didn't go first. <laughs> yeah. I think these oh, guys gave honest one. fears, though. I just couldn't really come up with one. I get in a five-foot oh, swimming pool. you the only one that doesn't sound like a sissy. I mean, let's oh. Oh. Oh, see. <laughs> that was my plan. <laughs> just kidding. That's not a real diagnosis. Um, uh, so if I, I just want to recap here. So what you're saying is kind of this, since a child childhood, you've had this fear that basically... Good things can't last forever. Uh, well, basically that you're going to get bored with eternity. Death, 
Right, overcome death, so and so like an any any good thing. Most it, people it, typically think of that as good, but you're thinking eventually that's gonna it's gonna wear out. It's gonna come to an end. Right, it's not gonna be good. Anymore. You know, maybe it's a personality flaw, and this might be related. So I'll tell you just in case. So Katie, don't get down on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not down on myself, but uh, it, like we're if, gonna cut, we're gonna cut this part anyway. If I'm not in the middle, <laughs> 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 speak freely. <laughs> if I'm not in the middle, if there's not a challenge before me, yeah. I like there's you know I I get Purposes. a little bit indifferent about life period it feels like it feels like you're afraid of being uh purposeless yeah for sure for yeah. sure yeah so i if we were really gonna kind of get into that we'd have to talk about like um feeling comfortable with oneself am i okay with who i am just for being me or am i afraid that without something external to define who i am i'm without purpose and so if you look at kind of the traditional protestant version of heaven it's mm-hmm. very purposeless it's 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 angels sitting on clouds playing your harp singing praises forever. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's boring. It just sounds horrible. I had a, a friend of mine who uh, we encountered some J Dubs who said, you know, you're going to be gardening in heaven, and he was just saying, I don't want to garden, and they're like, No, you're going to love it. He's like, I don't like gardening now. I'm not going to like it in heaven. Like, yeah. I'd rather be in hell garden. eating Carl's Jr. <laughs> on my throne. <laughs> right. I think I think hell would be great just because. Like, there's no pressure to, like, perform. You're just like, yep, went to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Then everything went to hell. It's like, there's going to be, obviously, Xbox, cable TV, and junk food. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Nobody's going to be yelling at you to do anything because you went to hell. Like, you know what I mean? Anything, it can only get better from there. There's no expectation at all. No, what about, right? what about yeah. Dante's version of hell where it's like, you know, you okay, have to go to the bathroom well. really bad, but there's no bathroom and that's yeah. your eternity. You mean like well, locusts are eating your skin at all times. Yeah. And Dante was a bit of a downer. But <laughs> there's a sound bite. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. The slacker version of hell is more like, yeah, Doritos. This is yeah, good. I got exactly. nothing else going on. Uh, no, I think I think you're be, you're actually being more, well, not more brave. You guys did good. It was Thank good. Thank you. Very good. No, I hear the Kent going to reject me one day. (laughs) Already happened. He didn't text me back. Um, I think it's more, that's more of an existential fear. It's not a personality issue. It's just a little bit deeper in the sense that how, how we feel about ourselves may and often does impact what our fears are. So uh, if we want to take fear and anxiety as very similar terms, a lot of uh, adult men, their, their, Fear slash anxiety in life is mm-hmm. not being able to take care of their family. Big one, and mind. so some people become workaholics and and you know amass a lot of hours of work and wealth, really just to try to squelch that fear all the time. It's, it's more of an internal drive that if I stop, then I I'm not going to be able to take care of the the responsibilities I have. And it's not just that I don't want that to happen, that they're driven by a fear deep down that that's an anxiety uh, that they won't be able to handle. I think in a similar way, what you're talking about is, well, um, I need to feel like I have purpose. And when I contemplate the sense of like being in a situation that never ends, which you're also doing a little bit of existential angst there in the sense that we, our brains are not equipped to truly contemplate eternity. Like mm-hmm. things never ending. Like if you're a kid, did you ever blow your mind by laying on the trampoline, looking up at the stars in the summer, and then like thinking about the fact that, that space isn't inside anything else? Like it never ends. Like how is that even possible? You I know, actually, I mean, those things are actually related. Is I yeah. normally have that thought right. while doing something. Like and, that. I have, yeah. and I have it's a fear a, of trampolines. So. Trampolines. <laughs> Don't do it, man. Don't, that's a double whammy. So I think I think that in a way that's a common 
it's a fear created by an inability for our brain to contemplate and really digest what we're thinking about something that never ends like the afterlife or space. On the other hand, I think it's kind of personal there with like, can I feel good about myself for just being me without an external purpose? And if you can kind of wrap your mind around that and kind of give that a little bit of attention, it might bring down some of that fear and actually help you be more successful in those external things like becoming um, a space cowboy after you die. I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he wants. No, that's that's wow. that's a good insight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, Doctor. Yeah, I got real yeah. deep. Yeah, I was going to say, was, yeah, was, we're talking about Jason Voorhees, and all of a sudden we're just talking about eternity and life after death, and yeah. it just got real in here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. All right, Dr. Matt, well, you've been awesome. Me, Thank fun. you so this much. This is easily out. our longest show yet, but I think yep. that one of the most... Listened. We're only going to cut out whenever Jacob speaks. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll cut it down <laughs> by well, like seconds. People have to pay for the extra content, right? That's yeah, it's it's, it's prime after Oh, that. that's a good idea. Yeah. No, it's not a good it's idea. It's not a good idea? Our listener wouldn't go for that. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> My dad, yeah. Your dad's dad, I hate that. <laughs> wouldn't do that. <laughs> he made his own t-shirt. Yes. Well, I think he just had bacon on his shirt, really. Oh, that's exactly. a mistake. He's messy. Um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, usually at the end, we just kind of wrap up uh, where we're at and where you can find us. Also, we'd like to remind you guys to rate us and review us on iTunes. We love seeing your reviews. We It helps us out when you rate when you rate us on there as well. We like to hear from you, too, on, on our Facebook page or at BaconCell.com. You can also find us on Twitter at BaconCell. And uh, you can find me personally at uh, I Perform with QuickWits on the weekends. This and weekend, actually. This weekend. Which will, people I'm, will miss because this show is on Monday. Monday. That's why I never say when. Yeah, I know, right? I'm actually doing four shows this weekend, a bunch of away shows. But uh, you can get details about when QuickWits does shows at qwcomedy.com. Uh, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny three double D and my movie. With- <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's why I did That's that. The action you wanted. Right Sometimes there. I say three DD. I it make him. Quite- I make him eat that like most episodes. Yeah. Uh, what happened to the family friendly? <laughs> yeah, no, we said hell a few times. Must be why you grads. We can't tell. Yeah, them. no. And then you can find my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown dot com. There you go, uh, <laughs> Doctor Matt. Why don't you go? Um, I live in Bountiful. You just, stop. <laughs> just come find him. It's cool. You just stop in. Be my friend on Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Where, where can they find you on Facebook? Um, I, apparently my old Facebook page is still up because Joel stalked me there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I wonder I don't who know. I was dealing with that, that social media. You put in my name. Yeah. Do you have a Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's Doctor Matt Woolley. There you go. Awesome. Twitter. And Jacob. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, at Jacob A Rogers. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. This has been Bacon Cell. I'm excited that you guys are here tonight so that you know, I don't have to sleep alone. Yeah. Man, I'm coming to your house. Yeah. <laughs> you should. He doesn't wear pants. I want to play a game. <laughs> it was a mistype. I actually meant to put Dracula from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah, you don't have to be the fastest. You just can't be the slowest. Yeah. yeah. Or the black guy. They really like oh, I'm the best dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I said that. Actually, I didn't get a bone up on my blob. Much right? like the difference between Dracula and vampires. And vampires, absolutely. Not all vampires are Draculas, mom. They were under the world's largest ball of twine, weren't they? Yeah, right north of I the I knew that ball of twine was haunted. Children can be brought up in an environment where they accept things as normal that are mm-hmm. so far beyond normal and so wrong. Like parents who raise their kids to like Twilight. You know, it's just... <laughs> right. That's sick. And so... Making out? Making out. Mm-hmm. And uh, his... Friendly. 
I may have had a breakthrough, doctor. You're covered by <laughs> Kent Cares. That's not, that's never going to catch on. It's not a thing. Because no. Kent Cares. <laughs> Gotta let the Aquaman go. <laughs> what are your basic drives? You know, eating, sleeping, making friendly. out. Yeah, if she wasn't so terrible, I probably would have watched the films. But she just, I don't want to make out with her at all. Wait, what was the racist comment? You're like, it's not racist if it's a fact. (laughs) Women, am I right? (laughs) Were you ever kidnapped and or thrown in a tank of sharks as a child? Angels sitting on clouds, playing a harp, singing praises forever. That sounds terrible. I'd rather be in hell eating Carl's Jr. (laughs) on my throne. Raise your killers young before they develop a conscience. Good advice for parents anywhere. 